deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Because the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, Cece. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we are in the midst of a historically normal week this week. Yes. I'm um, feeling normal. I'm feeling normal. Everything's great. Nothing's going on in the news, which is great because we have a lot of news ourselves this week. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I was just I was hoping that I could hear some news because it's just been a slow, a slow week. here. It's been a slow week for news here uh, um, on November 5th, 2020 at 1107 a.m. <laughs> for, <laughs> any, for anyone listening from the future. Yes, we have a lot of news here ourselves to make up for the lack of mm. news anywhere else. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've kind of had a few weeks of, uh, a slow burn, uh, lack, kind of lack of headlines stuff coming through just cause, I mean, JK Rowling's offline. Uh, we watched a movie, so we kind of had to like put news to the side. That was uh, but fun. Most, it was, was fun, fun to watch a movie. I'm glad was, we did it in that order. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that ended up working out really great. Um, I had a, I had a, I had a good time watching that, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I'm glad that we're here now with a big pile of news because, I mean, we're kind of, we're, like you say, what, where's the news? No news is happening in the world right, <laughs> right. now. What else is there to, to think about? What is else is there to, to think about, worry about, uh, uh, be annoyed at, uh, uh-huh. feel conflicted about, so on and so forth? Nothing. <laughs> it's just Harry Potter. Um, that's all that matters. Um. And uh, that might be even more difficult because, you know, if you're sitting at home going like, damn, there's nothing going on. There's no news. Uh, there's something to do right now mm-hmm. uh, on November 5th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might think to yourself, well, I'm going to turn on the TV and I'll watch some of my favorite film series, Harry Potter. Right. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that is impossible. Because <laughs> after, after being on NBC's Peacock for like a, like a fucking month uh they are now no longer on uh any service so they have now gone from hbo to peacock to nowhere uh which is great it's just great for everyone and is uh, uh a real a real great example of why the streaming future is uh perfect for everybody uh do you have a date when it got pulled from peacock um it was gone on november 3rd oh it looks like Maybe November second. I'm kind of kicking myself because I um, uh, have Peacock accidentally, oh, yeah. just because yeah. it's bundled with my like Comcast package mm, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. They like made me have it, and then I, <laughs> they like gave me the box, and then I just put it somewhere and forgot about it. <laughs> you could have watched it for free when we did our movie episode, right? Rather right. than paying what three ninety nine or whatever to watch it on Amazon, exactly. Yeah, or yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, that's still an option. You can obviously still get the DVDs, you can still buy it to, like, stream on various services, but if you just, like, want to watch it on one, like, Netflix or, or, uh, uh, HBO, you're shit out of luck because of the insane deals that they've all signed, uh, uh, passing this thing around, and I I guess the reason it's gone now is because there's some exclusive 
contract it has with like WB has with uh, sci-fi, like the sci-fi channel. How on earth did did Peacock, who I assume is owned by Viacom NBC, yeah. have it for like a month and then not anymore? It was actually literally a month. It was October 1st to November 2nd. I got uh, a bunch the... of like promoted tweets advertising it that was like, we have Harry Potter now. Yeah. The, no, they, they, um, they like made a big deal about it. There were, there was a, there, even with this, there was a statement that was like, we were so proud to have Harry Potter in our amazing stable of movies. And we continue to, you know, put fucking other bullshit up there for you to watch <laughs> that we're proud of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's gone again because it's like, I guess it's the, um, uh usa and sci-fi have the rights to like exclusively run those 24 7 on tv during the holiday season okay <laughs> harry potter is a big holiday season movie franchise for whatever reason yeah i mean i definitely see that and i assume it's just because like they're they have christmas in the book a lot mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. and they definitely go for the kind of christmas mood for those scenes in the movies but yeah. it's also such a small part of that but but i've definitely heard it both being a halloween movie and also a christmas movie so i guess peacock got the got the holiday rush for october um like halloween movie harry potter watchers and now whatever this is for the christmas christmas mood people it's 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 christmas and thanksgiving but like i'm wondering like is the thanksgiving tv ratings thing even gonna matter because like they're not doing like a fucking parade or anything this year mm. at least i hope not um, i hope not uh uh so 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 getting exclusive rights to air harry po- well you know everyone's stuck at home maybe this is the maybe maybe this is usa and sci-fi's time to shine hey remember terrestrial tv you, you get to watch harry potter on on normal tv this year isn't that exciting i would rather watch reruns of trying to think what usa has monk you see we got monk we've got psych we've got <laughs> uh what else Law is USA SVU. Have? Burn i think notice. that they have all of that uh the 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 fixer uh, the the, the meeting the show it was like the southern lady who was like the crime fixer lady and i don't remember it was like helen hunt or somebody was like a crime lady no that idea. That was on USA. That was USA. Characters wanted. Yep, characters or, wanted. USA. Is that is that what it is, or is it? We I think know it's drama. characters. No, that's TNT. I think TNT. US, we know drama. USA is characters welcome. Characters <laughs> welcome. Wanted <laughs> characters wanted. <laughs> please, anyone, please, <laughs> please, anyone. We need some characters. <laughs> We're dying over here. We need some fucking characters. <laughs> Anybody, please. Oh my god. Yeah, so uh sci-fi and USA um uh will 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 have Harry Potter for this foreseeable future, and then who knows where it fucking goes after that. Uh I don't know. Wizarding World Gold renamed Wizard- to mm. what? Harry Potter Harry Club? Potter fan club. <laughs> Harry Potter fan club is where you can go to get the Harry Potter films. Maybe that's possible, man. That's, mm, that'll here's, be interesting. Here's the problem with them naming it the Harry Potter fan club. 
Um, and I have been sitting on this, like thinking yeah. about it, and it just okay. like coalesced in my head, which is that like Harry Potter gold sounds like a premium that you're paying. I don't think that you should have to pay anything to be in a fan club other than maybe like a really nominal, like $5 membership fee. Yeah. Yeah. There is. I'm trying to remember how, like, I, I feel like, like even, even being, you know, our age, I think we were sort of on like the tail end of like mail in fan clubs being a thing. I was in the Redwall club. As a oh, kid. really? Yeah. What, so what, what did you get from the Redwall club? I think, was just like a quarterly like packet but i looked forward to that thing it had like bookmarks and hmm. uh and just like little like stickers i think and mm-hmm. i think like a letter from the author um and it was cute was it free or was it what did you have to pay like a there stipend? might have been like a little i don't know because my parents signed me up for it oh, right. um yeah, yeah. but I, I if i could ask them but i would assume that it was just a small you know ten dollar yeah. membership fee i i have a really weird relationship with like the fan club thing just as like a cultural staple uh-huh. because i i was never part of any fan club thing i was in the i i got like lego magazine but that was a that was like a, a specific magazine subscription mm-hmm. but like the i had this weird experience of like knowing what a fan club was and knowing what fan club stuff were supposed to be because like every like kids movie or kids book that I read would have like a joke or like a subplot about fan clubs in it. Right. Like, uh, fan yeah, clubs I were totally just like, know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I so like I knew what they were, but like they were just intangible to me. I was like, I was like, what is this? Like like I I, <laughs> I, I, I functionally understand what it is, but I've never seen one anywhere. Right. Um and and that was always very weird. Just be just being like right like smack dab in the middle of like a cultural changeover as a kid. Uh, 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 reading stuff written by people who remembered fan clubs being a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We kind of live in merchandise hell, don't we? <laughs> we sure fucking do. Huh? I, I know that seems like a, a funny observation, but I'm just thinking about like my Redwall fan club, and and it is sort of like a monkey's paw. Growing up in the '90s, like. I would get very excited if I could find any merch for any of the stuff I liked. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it was just kind of shitty. Yeah. And I just, I remember being a kid and thinking like, I wish there was more nice like Pokemon merch or like, Mm -hmm. I wish there was more nice Mario merch for me to buy. Um, and now, now look at us. Yeah. The cup runneth over at this point. Right. Um, Yeah. The like, uh, the experience of like not having merch for the things you liked i remember absolutely losing my fucking mind walking into a game crazy or something as a kid and them having uh 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 just just completely feeling like i had lucked out beyond belief because they had majora's mask japanese imported action figures Oh, and so it was like Link and Epona, and uh, Link with the razor sword, and Goron Link and Zora Link, and I like they were incredible. I still have yeah. them in the garage somewhere. Yeah, they were, they were really, really not because they, they were like Japan. They were like Japanese collector toys. They weren't like kids' toys, right? That's sick. But 
I didn't know that at the time. And I was like, why are these so fucking expensive? I blew like my entire savings as a kid getting these, getting these Majora's Mask toys. Yeah. Um, and that, that felt like the Holy Grail at that point. And I think, I think a new Zelda merch drops every 10 seconds here now, <laughs> In, um, which, uh, you know, I think that's cool for, for people who like Zelda, but there, there's, it's like you said, it's a it's monkey's paw thing. It's a little much. You can go into any Target and get like a fucking canvas print of Ganondorf. Yeah, you it's know? really Do weird. Do we need that? <laughs> it's really weird and yet and yet here i am still the things that i do want merch from don't, don't exist right um but at the same time i'm sort of glad for that because i also don't want those to become a fucking merch nightmare mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah that's always funny seeing like the harry potter uh, uh like the harry potter uh uh just like merch crossover hell everything has fucking harry potter stuff in it and like i feel like there's like a middle ground here i would like to buy uh, a thing from the show i like sometimes i don't know if i need my underwear to have it on i guess that's just what gets me about the fan club it's like people want to spend 90 dollars for this like premium exclusive discount on high quality merch and there's so (laughs) much of it and it's like I don't know, maybe you'd like pay ten dollars to be in a fan club for your kid and get like a pin in the mail. <laughs> like, is that not I I'm cracking up. Uh well, uh what about what about a whole line of Harry Potter undies? No thanks. Um me undies. Me undies. The famous pot but I'm feeling myself. I, I think I trimmed some of the stuff last week when this story dropped because because it, it was our movie episode and it ran really long right mm. i can't remember if there was anything if i left anything in about uh just how how uh, uh uh glad i am that we don't run any of the the typical like podcast ads on on our show did you leave in my macroy impression i oh god i hope so if not i will find <laughs> it and put it on the patreon just as like a as a bonus yeah 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 <laughs> um to, to bring everyone up to speed, MeUndies, the company that is uh, so so, it, you know, they're 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 allies over there uh, at MeUndies. Uh, they're they're very they're they're very socially aware, of course. You see, mm-hmm. been have been toiling away for two years to bring you the Harry Potter and MeUndies collection. The deal of a lifetime. The deal of a lifetime, and they they announced this. Everyone immediately said, "Hey, what the fuck?" and this week, they released a 10-page Instagram apology <laughs> um, explaining... Business. Business. Explaining business. Explaining business um, and, and, you know, just, just really, really laying it on a little thick about how, how sobby they are, but how they can't actually do anything. Right. This week, we launched our Harry Potter collection. We received many questions from our community about the details of our partnership, and we want you to know that we are listening. That thank you. That is always the first thing. <laughs> first thing I wonder when a, when a corporation fucks up is: Are they listening? Am I heard? Am I valid? Am I seen? I need to know these things straight from the company. Personally. Right. Following our questions to your answers to your most asked questions, please know that it was never our intent to hurt or offend anyone. Number one is J.K. Rowling associated with the collection. J.K. Rowling is not directly involved in the creation of this MeUndies collection. I, 
J.K. Rowling did not make this underwear. I love don't, this so Don't much. get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. J.K. Rowling did not sit there and go, oh, I like those. Ooh. <laughs> oh, those ones are quite nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> we did not personally fly to Edinburgh and say, hey, check this shit out. Um, however, her body of writing is the foundation of all projects in the wizarding world. To whom does MeUndies pay royalties? Our partnership is with Warner Brothers Consumer Products. We pay all of our royalties to Warner Brothers Consumer Products. Is J.K. Rowling profiting off your purchase? Our partnership is with Warner Brothers Consumer Products, so we are not privy to their details with the author. So yes. (laughs) Given J.K. Rowling's tweets, why did you make this product in the first place? This is a good question, I think. Uh, back in 2018, we did not, we, uh, excuse, excuse me, back in 2018, we did consumer research to determine which prints you would like to see. Harry Potter is at the top of the list. Because of this, we began talks with Warner Brothers Consumer Products the very same year to develop this product. Developing a print takes almost a year on its own, and coupling that with several other factors, this particular collaboration took over two years to develop. The decision to move forward with the print was primarily based on feedback from our community. So it's your fault, guys. You did this to us. Was it like a Twitter poll or? Yeah, I have no idea what they mean by that. (laughs) Today, MeUndies is dedicated to ensuring that each of our future products align with our own and our community's values. We have already set up an internal diversity and equity board to not only help vet potential partners moving forward, but to help educate our internal team on how we do better at practicing our own values. So this we're only halfway through here. Yeah. But I feel like okay. 2018 she had not fully gone off gone off the deep end in public. Were we doing this in 2018? The I've show? lost all sense of time. Yes, yes, we were doing this show in 2018. Okay. Um cool. and and I in 2018 uh I think that the senior moment thing had already happened. Right, yeah. Um, that because that was like a year before. It was sort of like it was just sort of like the bubbling buzz of like, is she, is she, you know, she may be transphobic. Yeah, some some plausible deniability for yeah. sure. Yeah, but it was not. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say the arc of our show has been us being surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by twenty nineteen, I feel mm. like maybe maybe it was a because because you know she had her first like this year's was the big crazy one obviously but um before that in 2019 she had definitely continued to say some weird and and like some weird shit right like, i this was... will never not bring up the jeremy corbin poem that she wrote <laughs> yes the, the, the jeremy corbin parody poem her beautiful handwritten birthday present to me specifically um <laughs> writing her shitty her shitty night before christmas uh poem about how much she hates jeremy corbyn yeah i feel like there were definitely signs along this two years (laughs) like between 2018 and today yeah i feel like there was perhaps ample time especially if it is your job to be like hmm i i'm i'm keeping an eye on our on our business partnerships Mm -hmm. anyway moving on to page five out of ten okay so you developed it a while ago why did you still decide to release this product while we have plenty of successes to celebrate, we are still a relatively small company. Our relative Harry- to what? Relative to what? Yeah, could you pull up the numbers you found for me yesterday? 
Uh, I think that it's like $75 million company. $75 million annual revenue company, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Our Harry Potter collection was slated to be our biggest release of 2020. Given our investment and the revenue we initially planned from this release, pulling this collection would have been devastating to our company and would have significant implications for the future. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Nobody get tricked by this. Yeah. Uh, if you If you are a $75 million company and you make one brand deal that will sink your company maybe the problem is with you i don't know yeah this seems like a sort of bad decision to me i mean it's a gamble right yeah but it's not a gamble i mean it's just like this is this is the classic right i want to make big business risks but i don't (laughs) want to have to suffer any consequences it's not gambling if you can't lose right so don't gamble if you don't want to lose and then also yeah just yeah yep this is uh zero sympathy for for this particular defense what is me undies stance on jk rowling's tweets i'm dying to know please me undies please <laughs> from our own perspective we as a brand strongly disagree with her comments and as a brand that promotes self-expression and inclusivity above all things we've made a priority to empower Even money minorities. Even even money. And not money, though. If not money, though, actually. Not money, actually. Uh, we've made it a priority to empower marginalized communities whose self-expression is hindered by systemic, yeah, systemic oppression. This includes the trans community. Uh, but we will still be taking the money, please and thank you. <laughs> will you be donating profits to an organization that supports the trans community? There are a couple of reasons why we are unable to donate the <laughs> profits of this collection. Woo! it's a really big deal it's a really big deal if we don't get the harry potter money we'll die (laughs) first similarly to why we are unable to cancel the collection entirely the blow to our business would be far too severe given the size of this launch oops whoopsie that's your fault sorry Secondly, it is very rare that we donate the entire profits of the collection. Our business is set up so that we everything we sell can be used to make year-round donations to the causes we care most about through our MeUndies Gives initiative. Supporting charitable organizations that aligns with our values is exactly is extremely important to us. This includes organizations that support the trans community. Over the past four years, we have donated to incredible orgs that include uh, that include and support the trans community, including the LA LGBT Center, the True Colors Fund, the Happy Hippie Foundation, and the It Gets Better Project. That famous project we all remember. Um, are there any plans for a future Harry Potter print? At this time, we have no future plans to release any more Harry Potter products. <laughs> That's gr- gr- great. Good to know, at least, I suppose. Uh, why did you donate the profits of your American flag print? But what? Oh, <laughs> so what? What happened with this one? This is some environmental storytelling here. What? Uh-huh. What, what happened with the American flag print? Uh, I didn't see this earlier. Me undies. American flag. Uh, what happened here? Uh, n- can't find anything. Uh, that's okay. I guess it's possible it was just a planned. We celebrate. Okay, I found a tweet that says, uh, we celebrate the good old USA every day. American flag emoji, heart emoji. Hmm. Okay. They celebrate the good old USA every day. Well, thank you, MeUndies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, after recent leasing our American flag print, we did make an exception for our typical strategy and donated its profits to the Brennan Center for Justice. Unlike our Harry Potter collection, this is a small enough collection, and we decided that our business could afford the financial hit. Great. I don't care about your timelines or your business decisions. You ultimately decided to release a product that goes against my values. Why should I continue to support MeUndies? Uh, we hope that you do, but understand if you don't, it was honestly a very difficult decision to release this product. It sounds like it kind of wasn't really. It sounds like you need the money. Um, ultimately, we chose to move forward and hope the values of the Harry Potter story, acceptance, diversity, equality, would shine through. Through the, through the underwear? <laughs> through the underwear. When I through see, the logo on the underwear? Yeah, when I see the, the uh, golden snitch on someone's underwear, I think that, I think acceptance, diversity, and equality are wow, shining through. I love my values. <laughs> I see them shining through. <laughs> if something's shining through underwear, isn't it lingerie? Yes. <laughs> I like the logo. I like the, I like the fucking apology with the Wizarding World logo at the bottom. It's so good. 10 pages i will simply not support them yeah this one seems like a uh a, 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 a real a real whoopsie for them what an embarrassment real real big mess up here i think um the uh i mean like you know the we, we, the, the the game rhetoric is like being repeated here on kind of a smaller scale in a very funny way <laughs> um i like that the go-to plan for multiple companies now has been distancing themselves from jk rowling and saying well our deal is with wb yeah um that seems to be the playbook now weird um, i'm feeling like wb has a deal with jk rowling yeah weird <laughs> i think it just seems like those might be connected somehow um uh, but yeah, so uh, embarrassing and funny in a kind of Schadenfreude way. Um, uh, uh, hats off to me undies who celebrate the good old USA every day and can't afford to not gamble everything on a Harry Potter collection. It's just bullshit. It's just really fucking bullshit. I mean, and if it's true, then it's like profoundly stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's lose lose. It's it's a, it's either a stupid lie, which is probably the closest to the truth, or if it's true, that just sounds like it's a, a very badly run company. Yeah, like, like there kind of no no good answer can be extrapolated from that. Um, doesn't look great. Uh, speaking of deals with WB, we have one last big piece of news here. Mm-hmm. And that is that Johnny Depp lost his court case. Yeah. And uh, and now everyone seems to be scrambling to figure out what's going on with Fantastic Beasts, of course. Um, I can't tell if this is, like, good or bad. Like, for the movie, I mean. Right. Uh, like, completely dispassionately. Just because mm-hmm. I assume this means he doesn't have very much more court to go to since he's he lost you know yeah this so this was this was the case um yeah uh and and i think that um it sure seems like you know the 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 wind has kind of changed and there were all those leaked uh reports of like oh they're um you know they're like writing the movie so he can be kind of have kind of a minimal role right Mm -hmm. And I'm curious uh, whether minimal will just mean none or whether he will still be in the movie in some tiny capacity. Uh, 
the the word now is that like I, I guess uh, uh I, I guess you know th- this isn't a WB lawyer but this is someone who has reached for comment uh media lawyer Mark Stephens says there seems to be fond hope that he can still complete feeling uh complete filming but I am quite sure his employers are looking to see if they have a morality clause to allow them to eradicate him from any films which have not been released yet <laughs> um, uh, and there's uh, a report from we got this covered who reported the um the diminished role stuff first as well yeah. um it says things are looking great for johnny depp the actor expected to be left millions out of pocket after losing his last uh, high profile courtroom battle uh but failing to win a libel case against a newspaper article that dubbed him a wife beater could have pretty severe consequences for a career that's already on a downward trajectory uh blah 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 uh shooting is already underway for fantastic beast 3 the actor's still on board, but we've heard now from our sources, the same ones that told us Justice League, Dark show is in the work for HBO Max, and Disney is developing an Aladdin sequel, both of which turned out to be correct, that the studio are seriously looking into reducing Depp's role as Grindelwald following the outcome of the latest lawsuit. He's the main antagonist. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Of a five guy. film series. Yeah, we've got two out of five films, and he is the bad guy. I'm in. obsessed with this. I Again... Not too late to get him a new body. Yeah, I, I, I think that that has to be, that has to be where they are, right? Like, because you can't, you can't tell the story that J.K. Rowling's trying to tell here without Grindelwald. Like, this is, this is her big returning to Grindelwald content thing, right? Like, like this is, this is the Grindelwald story, and if they don't have him in the movie, it will be insane. So, like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it's gotta be an actor change. And I'm, I'm curious whether they do it as like an in-universe, like, oh, I look different now. Or if they just get another actor in there to get the pale makeup and the, like, the stupid hair, you know? Yeah. The airy hair. Um, yeah. Huh. I, yeah, I'm like, like no, no other like leads on this yet. Like no other, like hints as to what what this might mean but it sure seems like the next thing we hear about fantastic beasts is going to be like uh we're recasting johnny johnny depp's role or it could go the other way and they could just triple because this will be tripling down at this point if they if they keep him on board and that would be honestly with jk rowling as the writer producer they might as well just go all in who gives a shit yeah that's the thing right is like they have i mean they've got like a fucking trifecta of 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 bad in this right they've got uh they've got jk rowling at the helm they've got uh uh uh, johnny depp maybe maybe not in the film who knows they've got ezra miller like it just kind of a rogues gallery at this point um so if 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 they're not going to have uh, J- uh, Johnny Depp in there, it's not like the rest is any better, you know? Yeah, I guess what's weird to me about this and the court case specifically, like other than a logistical challenge, which seems solved by the court case being over, I just don't know what the verdict really, like nothing has changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's out of pocket. I mean, he's, this was his big his big push to like clear his name in the public eye a little bit. Yeah. And there was that like weird quote from JK Rowling saying that he, he like showed her proof. Secret evidence. Yeah. Um, She is. And I, I'm assuming that all of that stuff has been leaked or come out like the gross finger picture and some of the stuff that was discussed at the court case, but there's nothing. 
I, I, do, I do not feel changed by anything I've learned. Yeah, it, it sure just seems like at best they are both assholes, right? Which like it's just yeah, okay. it's just like a weird scuzzy public brawl. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I, I, if if the move was to like risk it all on like clearing his name, b- b- failed big time. Like just just real biffed, really biffed on that one. Um, and I mean, they're all the Johnny Depp stands that are mm-hmm. kind of banging that drum, but they already were. Yeah, they they. I mean, and they will no matter what, right? Like, like I mean, the, there are comments on this. We got this covered article mm-hmm. that are just all from stands going like like another trash article from a trash human being who hates Johnny Depp. My favorite, right? right? Like, right? Like, like that's never going to change. Um, that'll always be a problem. But yeah, it, it uh, it's not looking good. But it it sh- like. I'm curious with um, with the reports that the film had started filming again, whether <laughs> I want to know whether they got his stuff done first or whether they have none of his stuff done yet or, or, or you know, what's what's the schedule like? What's what what do they have in the in the can already uh, versus what they need to have and need to change given this verdict? Yeah. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. Very exciting. I'm glad the Fantastic Beast news cycle is back. What because, a like disaster. I said, no other news happening this week. Nope. And with nothing else about the news to read, how about we get into our reading for this week? Sure. We read chapter 24. It's called The Wand Maker. It sure fucking is, huh? Pray for me. I don't know how I'm going to parse this into a reasonable <laughs> summary, quite, quite frankly. I know I've said that a few times in the past with some some weirdly structured stuff, but even going back and trying to figure out what the fuck happened in this, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm having some difficulties. So here we go. Um, Harry's very sad that Dobby's dead. He's so of, sad. He's so, it's so fucked up that Dobby's dead. Um, and this is just like how he's like, I've been here before. I've known other people that have died, and this is the, not a, not again. I hate this. Um, and he's experiencing a lot of grief, and decides that he wants to bury Dobby the old-fashioned way, without magic, with a shovel. Um, and he, you know, like there are some people around too. It's kind of a, it's kind of a crowd because I think Dean is there, and Grip Hook is there, and like Hermione, Ron, and Luna, like they're all there, and Hermione's been taken in because she's been tortured or whatever, and they're kind of caring to to the for to the injured. But Harry stays outside, um, and he he digs Dobby's grave, and what ensues is him digging, and through the manual labor and the kind of like the grief the deep grief that he's feeling, he enters what is sort of like a meditative state, I suppose. And he has the realization um, that in the same way that Voldemort is repulsed by grief and loss, he is able to harness it in order to block Voldemort from his mind. This also apparently means that he can still see what Voldemort is seeing, but he's sort of like disconnected, um, very dispassionately viewing it. Um, he spends the rest of the chapter um, sort of having periodic detached visions of Voldemort who is looking for something. And and the way that it's told is that he, like Harry knows what is happening, but we don't really, we just see Voldemort like on the move 
periodically. So I won't go into each time this happens, but it, it happens a few times. Um, and he also, as he's digging, um, realizes that he's no longer experiencing sort of the obsessive longing for the hallows that he was before. Um, anyway, he's done digging the grave, um, and they all have a little funeral for Dobby and the people from the house come out and like Hermione does too, even though she's injured and they say a few words, um, for, for Dobby and Harry kind of passively thinks about how Dobby is just like being buried at, on like a random beach or whatever and how Dumbledore is in like a marble tomb on the on the castle and how he got a centaur 21 gun salute and Dobby just has <laughs> the, like it's very it's very it goes on and on um so Harry goes into the cottage he has a renewed sense of purpose. He has entered some sort of like weird enlightened state. Um, and he goes and it's like, so it's very like atmospheric and he like washes the blood off of his hands and is looking out at the, at the landscape, uh, and figures out what he needs to do. And he's like having these thoughts, like I saw the blue eye in the mirror. Dobby came to save me. Dobby is dead. Dumbledore knew that Ron would use the deluminator. Um, and he comes to kind of his conclusion about everything, which is that he thinks that Dumbledore, it's, he's, his faith is restoring, right? He's like, Dumbledore knew what I would do. He knew that I would get obsessive about the Hallows, and he also knew that I would have to turn away from them. So here I am. Here I am at my big choice. I either need to do Hallows or Horcruxes. I need to pick my path and he knows what he's going to do. So he goes and he gets Ron and Hermione. He doesn't really explain it to you, the reader, but he goes, goes to Ron and Hermione says, I need your help. I need to talk to Griphook and I need to talk to Ollivander, but I need to talk to them separately and privately. Uh, and he makes his choice and he talks to Griphook first. Again, we're just getting those visions of Voldemort. It sort of plays out like it's sort of like a ticking clock, but you don't really know why. Um, uh, Bill carries Griphook in, whose legs are broken and recovering, and Griphook has the sword of Gryffindor. Um, Griphook and Harry talk, and Harry is acting very, like, sort of oddly, because he's in his enlightened state, I suppose. Um, and Griphook sort of observes that Harry buried Dobby very respectfully, um, and also that he saved him, Griphook, a goblin, and says, like, you're very weird for wizards. Most wizards, you know, don't don't pay my kind any attention and they just care about themselves or whatever uh harry's like i want to break into gringotts uh griphook says there's no chance um but sort of changes the subject back and is sort of he's thinking he's like harry you seem special um but he still doesn't want to do it and such a weird conversation and he says like i don't want to help you and we sort of find out that that the wizards won't share wand lore with the goblins. And then Ron pipes up to be like, yeah, well you won't show us how to make cool swords. Uh, Hermione cuts in and is like, we should be on the same side. We're, we're fight. I'm just as oppressed as you. I'm a mudblood. Um, Griphook is finally like, maybe I'll help you. I'll think about it. That's the end of the conversation with Griphook. Harry explains his like brain genius deduction that he's had that Voldemort probably gave a Horcrux to Bellatrix um, and put it, and she put it in Gringotts but she probably didn't know that it was a Horcrux. And also Voldemort was probably okay with it being there because he always wanted a bank account. Um, it's all of it. It's time for Ollivander. Ollivander has been like horribly tortured for a year. 
and Harry very calmly, like, sort of interrogates him. Um, we find out that, no, Harry's wand can't be repaired. We also find out, because Ollivander can just remember everyone's wand that he's ever sold. So he knows that the wand that Harry has is Draco's old wand that he took from the manor. Um, and we also learn some, like, wand lore facts that we'll go into more specifically when we get to it. But it's, like, basically, like, wands... Um, sort of have a mind of their own and if you fight someone and best them and claim their wands and the wand will recognize you as its owner um harry uses that to kind of piggyback on and be like yeah well is there one that could it's only passed on through murder um and olivander's like yeah it's the elder wand um and basically olivander believes in the elder wand he thinks it's real he's never heard of the hallows um Harry realizes um, that uh, that Ollivander must have told Voldemort under duress that he thought Grigorovich was the last person that had the Elder Wand. Um, Ron and Hermione are very impressed with Harry's incredible detective work. And we finally kind of get the answer to the visions that we've been seeing of Voldemort, which is Voldemort going to Hogwarts, breaking into Dumbledore's tomb, and retrieving the Elder Wand from Dumbledore. Dun, dun, dun. That's the end of the chapter. Um, it, I'm sorry, that made no sense at all. I, don't worry, it made no sense to read either. I'm cracking, I'm cracking a cold one because God knows I will fucking need it for this episode. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this chapter? I don't even, I don't even know where to start here. Okay, this I'm is like, crazy. Hmm. I'm, 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 I'm searching my thoughts. I'm entering my mind palace. Yeah. What does this whole thing about doing the grave the right way and not with magic? What does that mean? I am on a search for meaning here. <laughs> Just like Harry. And I think that I... This is sort of presumptuous, mm-hmm. maybe. But I feel like at this point I've thought more about the meaning of, of that line and, and the sequence than maybe J.K. Rowling did. Yeah. I think, I think that is quite possible. It is such strong imagery and it feels very deliberate and I cannot even begin to parse what it means for this story. Yeah, because it, it's very loaded and it's a very interesting question and like a very interesting idea, but it's an idea that the th- and theme that this story has not ever grappled with and I don't think it ever will again. We, we sort of talked... Um, probably mostly in Deathly Hallows, but also sprinkled elsewhere in the series about the idea of like labor in Harry yeah. Potter and how yeah. the fantasy of Harry Potter in a way is a world without labor. Right. I mean, like the the wedding in Deathly Hallows is such a good example of this, right? Like the um the catering and stuff is all done by magic and the tent was set up by magic and everything. And it's like, well, this is just what if I had a fancy wedding, but like I didn't have to work hard, right? Right, and like, but it's odd because obviously the wizarding world does have labor. It has slave labor. And it in has fact. slave labor, and is talked about as if it were slave labor. But it's also like, well, they're doing it by magic, and I'm specifically talking about the work itself, right? Yeah. But so to have this moment where we get to Harry like burying a house elf who is free and then saying like, I'm doing this with labor, not 
it's like the most explicit it's ever been to yeah. acknowledge that magic isn't labor. <laughs> right. And I'm like, what what does it mean? It's it's very weird. It, it, it's very like it's fascinating because it, it it could be the flashpoint of a lot of the questions we've had about this series. Mm-hmm. Like this this could be like the Rosetta Stone that like makes a lot of these themes that have felt really like kind of idly sprinkled throughout the series or like accidental or, or 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 kind of presented without question. There's a way that this could have tied those together because the thing I was thinking about was was our constant complaint about this series about how like magic. There's no trade-off with magic, right? In mm-hmm. Harry Potter, it is just you say the words and the thing happens. There's no there's no like mana, there's no it doesn't exhaust you to do magic. It doesn't seem like it doesn't it, it, it doesn't really like take anything of you other than knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so I there's the bit where he's burying Dobby here and he says like, you know, each, you know, each uh each sweaty breath is is a gift to Dobby, right? Cuz it's like I'm I'm doing this myself without magic. Right. And I'm really working for it. And I'm like that is so close to being really interesting and cool. If if Harry has has like turned a corner on the wizarding world and been like, "You know what? Like 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 we we sure are a bunch of like uh like hyper comfortable uh people who don't don't uh don't think about the the slaves who work for us here right and and how and how in unjust that system is but that's not really what's happening here right and, and even then sad. i'm like is that really true <laughs> right yeah it's, it would be it would it would be a very uh uh last minute band-aid for those themes right but it, it would at least tie some of that stuff together and like have a theme um whereas here i think it's just like well he's sad and so he's thinking about stuff too much I don't get it. Yeah. It is, it is, it, it is, it is a confluence of like so many different weird ideas in Harry Potter. I mean, like the, uh, uh, first of all, it's like he's giving Dobby a like very Christian burial. Yes. Um, so that's, uh, that's Dobby's a big a part. Christian. Dobby is Christian or I mean, sure, sure hope he is. Cause otherwise just like with Moody, this sure is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, uh and so that is that's like the true meaning of the like the proper burial thing right, right? Is, is i'm doing this the right way i'm doing this the christian way okay um but the um the, the like surrounding stuff about about like magic and dobby being a free elf and like house elves in general is like it is i i i think that despite it being very ungenerous of us, I think the, like, it is, um, like, like, we're thinking about it more than J.K. Rowling thing is probably true, just because I feel like these are, these are things that are interacting with each other in a way that's, like, firing off some neurons in our brains that are, that it, like, because, yeah, like, these are themes. We're, we, we've been thinking about these for two years reading this series, and I just think that maybe maybe jk rowling was like well this sounds sad you know like this sounds this sounds meaningful it's true it does <laughs> yeah yeah sure it, it it sure is sad harry 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 sounds like he's going through it here sure um but that's like the biggest extent that i, I think it, it really matters because it's just like yeah none of this really does make sense like 
none none of this has mattered in the story before and it, and 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 most of all this is not going to matter right like harry and griphook talk about like how oppressed the goblins are in the wizarding world <clears throat> but like that's not ever going to matter after the battle of hogwarts everything just goes back to normal uh, yeah we're not really out to change that yeah harry harry is not here to say hey griphook you've kind of gotten a, a, a raw deal throughout history but we're gonna we're gonna fight voldemort and then we're gonna we're gonna fix fix the system it's like that's not that's not what's happening here harry's not having some grand revelation about like politics here he's just sad right yeah i guess the worst thing that harry potter can do Mm -hmm. is make you ask the question well then why is their world set up like this (laughs) Mm mm-hmm it, it it's like so many things in this book it's kind of an unforced error right like i wouldn't ask these questions if i didn't think the story was signposting them but like this whole sequence is a re- like just just many signposts flashing signposts saying hey so what's the deal with christianity in the wizarding world what's the deal with like the perception of ma- like the, the idea that magic is um somehow like laziness or or like uh like a crutch for like a a spoiled people or whatever it's like a cheat right like that that is an idea that has only come up in this book with the deathly hallows story of of death um feeling like he's been cheated out of uh three souls or whatever right this scene right like like it is only in this book that we have had an inkling of an idea that like there is some sort of like I, I I I don't even know what to what to call it like a like <laughs> wizards exa- like wizards examining dialectics in the wizarding world right like <laughs> is that is that a, is that a thing that is is has happened in this in this society I don't think so it's only come up here um it's uh it's very it's it's completely out of left field and it like doesn't I I think knowing that it doesn't go anywhere just makes this all the more baffling like this doesn't become the story Harry doesn't like renounce magic. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't, like, say, you know, the, the Wizarding World, a change has got to come here. We've got to start treating the goblins right and the house elves right. He doesn't do that. It's just, like, it's, it, for a brief moment, Harry thinks about politics and when he's sad and then, then moves on. Yeah, and it really just gives him some new powers, I guess. That is the weirdest thing. We, we joked about how Dobby, has to, Dobby had to die for Harry's character development. Yeah. Did not realize it was going to be that literal. Uh-huh. Say that. <laughs> so he's, got, he's gained a new power. Harry got a skill point off of this. Uh-huh. So is he using he, Occlumency? Because it's described like he's looking at Voldemort, like, detached and, like, through the wrong end of a telescope. Mm-hmm. So is, like, the, is Occlumency just being able to see visions, but, like, it's an objective movie? And Maybe. Th- weren't they already that? I, I guess the thing is with with occlumency is 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 you're occluding your mind to the other person who's trying to read it. Whereas the thing that I thought was happening in this series was that it wasn't that Harry was bad at occlumency even. It was that the thing between him and Voldemort was different. I thought that was kind of like a reveal in the last book. Maybe I could be wrong. But so now it's back to like, yeah, I think this sounds like occlumency. Like he's, 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 he's kind of looking 
at Voldemort without Voldemort realizing it. And he's 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 legitimizing Voldemort or something. That's very handy. It's very handy that he can do it without any. With, I mean, like it's already been pretty consequence free, but now it's extra consequence free. Right. He doesn't even he doesn't even have to spend mana to do it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I um, I I I I I I don't quite understand what that's there for because because the harry has always had convenient plot related visions right and they they always come at the time when they're necessary anyway and so him having a vision here that is plot relevant is very funny because it's like that's not any different than what's happened before it's been happening this entire book (laughs) the whole book he has been getting convenient visions and snippets of what voldemort's up to and the the difference now is what exactly that it looks like a telescope. I, 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 that he's I, like I, not emotionally invested. I mean, the, yeah. the I, it's hard to talk about because the way this is written is so strange. This is a very melodramatic scene. Um, even even for Harry Potter, like, yeah, I mean, like the, the like the description that we're talking about, like he was like it was like looking through the wrong end of a telescope, and and how he he felt detached. Harry, Harry is like. The description of Harry's behavior in this chapter as a whole, not just this scene, but especially this scene, um, is really funny because we are supposed to be getting some sense that he is like, he has entered some sort of zen-like state of being correct about stuff, right? Like, he is enlightened here. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is his behavior here is really not much different than the previous two times that he's been in a religious mania that was wrong about stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't quite... Like, like that, that effect doesn't work. Cause it's like, well, I've seen him behave like this already. And he was like still wrong about stuff. So this is his like third, like Hildegard von Bingen style vision of, of like w- what's happening. I mean, and, I guess uh, we his... know it's right. Cause he's calm. And before he was like feverish and <laughs> obsessed, right. but now yeah. he's like, I don't know. It's a very, now he's um, talking slower. It's a very like neo matrix moment like the moment when he's mm, fighting agent yeah. smith and and just like keanu has that like blank look on his face as he's like deflecting the shots and he sees the code right like mm-hmm. this is harry's neo moment it's very strange yeah and it doesn't just apply to to like the dobby scene he's just behaving like that with everyone now yeah like he's very he's very dispassionate and calm i mean like this is his this is his like christ-like behavior moment right like this yes. is him just 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 ca- talking calmly and rationally and and compassionately and just being like okay well this is what i need to do i need to have two rpg style conversations with different characters right please um it's very strange it's 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 it's, it's like it, it is it is just also on top of being strange a sort of clumsy step to read because i have read him behaving like this before in this book and so it's not much of a revelation i i think this chapter feels like a trick because it like like, sort of all sounds right because Mm -hmm. of the way it's written but Mm -hmm. there are just individual things that like harry says that no one is like what that's crazy oh there's tons of stuff in here that's that's fucking off the wall his there is a bit when he finishes burying Dobby and he's like, like thinking to himself and he's like contemplating and he like imagines this Dumbledore figure Mm -hmm. and he's like, Dumbledore knew that Ron would leave and come back. And that's why he gave him the Deluminator. 
and like that on its own is already an insane <laughs> statement like like that does not make any kind of sense uh but then it fall he follows that up with and he knew peter pettigrew so well that he knew peter pettigrew i'm what is it that dumbledore knew about peter pettigrew i'm very unclear on this because i know that in prisoner of azkaban he made some like statement about like oh that'll that'll come in handy one day harry or something right that like pettigrew escaped Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah but like did did harry spare peter pettigrew or was it just the peter pettigrew escaped well, no, because they were, <laughs> I mean, what happened was Sirius and Lupin were going to murder him and Harry said, no, we will turn him over to the police. Oh, that's right. But he still escaped. Like it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he escaped after that, but Harry was just going to let him, let him serve his time. Right. You know, uh-huh. saved his life technically. Right. Okay. Because that, that has been mentioned multiple times in this book now about like oh he what did Dumbledore know about Peter Pettigrew and it's like I don't think I mean I guess I guess is is the implication that Dumbledore just really had this all orchestrated to down to the letters like ah he will come bounding down the stairs like an idiot and then uh choke himself in a really hilarious scene and and you guys won't care but it will matter right I mean I guess like that's that's the problem, right? Is that it is gesturing at stuff that I, I mean, I guess the real answer is that Dumbledore has like godlike powers, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, from just a smart guy planning stuff perspective, it doesn't make sense. No. It's, it's, it's a fair, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a fair assumption on Dumbledore's part to be like having someone on Voldemort's team who owes Harry might pay off at some point. Right. But he can't have planned it the way that Harry is, like, fantasizing about here, right? Right. But Harry is also supposed to be right here and not manic. So I don't know what the intended read on Dumbledore is supposed to be here. Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) And then then Harry just wondering aloud, like, oh, like, I wonder what he knew about me that'll pay off is very silly. Yeah. I mean, he decides what, what it is, too. Yeah, which you're is right. that Dumbledore would knew he would get obsessed with the Hallows, but then also turn away from them. But then why tell them about them in the first place? Uh, yeah. You, uh, am I meant to know, but not to seek? Did you know how hard I'd find that? Is that why you made it this difficult? What does that mean? Dumbledore didn't make it this difficult. What are you talking about? What does it mean? So I'd have time to work that out? Harry stood quite still, eyes glazed, watching the place where a bright gold rim of dazzling sun was rising over the... Like, he's he's having this moment of clarity, and, like, it has... We know... I've been thinking about something you said about the movie a mm. lot, which is how you said, like, the movie was very clever at making things feel right. You know? Like, like the, 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 the places that changed the Horcrux hunt a little bit to like make these very tenuous connections that don't make any sense at all if you think too hard about them but like have the cadence of like yeah that sounds right for a yeah, movie yeah that has the emotional beat that i'm looking for <laughs> in a movie uh-huh. um it feels like the book is trying to do the same thing here but it's just failing miserably like this has the uh, absolutely has the like tone and cadence of like a moment of clarity where everything's supposed to be coming together 
but I'm left with way more questions than answers here. Yeah, I mean, the, like, brilliant deductions that Harry is making, like, later on to prove that he's right, and that the other characters react like, wow, you figured all that out, are just <laughs> yeah. complete nonsense. They're less, I mean, they're they're more crazy than the things that he was saying while crazed. Right. Uh, where he was being relatively reasonable i think in some of those about the deathly hallows scenes i mean it's sort of like it's sort of a uh, maybe the worst of both worlds combination where it's like the stuff that he's saying is both extremely obvious why didn't they think of it sooner and also his reasons for coming to the conclusion now are just off the wall insane yeah he he's he is he has harnessed the power of sadness yes um and 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 there's even a, a line here that indicates that he has actually not learned right like like me like like you know he he is maybe still not in perfect clarity zone in the way that he thinks he is even though that he he functionally is and gets everything he needs out of his perfect moment of clarity but like there is that line where he says like oh i've harnessed the power of grief i guess dumbledore would call that love or whatever <laughs> um or like uh but but like he's still refusing to like acknowledge the love thing or like the connection between grief and love which is very funny yeah like that that's what is the, like like drawing such a weird line <laughs> between those two when it's like yeah harry's sad because he loved dobby and dobby died weird for harry to be like dumbledore is wrong it's not love it's grief it's like hang on a second why are you grieving like <laughs> i feel like one moment's th uh, uh reflection could probably f uh, solve that one um but if, if 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 this truly is him supposed to still not be quite getting it he sure gets it you know yeah although to be fair if it was up to the character to now take this opportunity to talk about why he loved dobby i would be like what are you talking about <laughs> Because well, I guess that's the problem with this huge emotional moment is like Dobby isn't a character anymore. Dobby is not a character anymore. Luna, who I don't think we've ever seen interact with Dobby, uh, gives the eulogy. Yeah. And and Harry is so stricken by it. He's like, I can't I can't add anything to that. That was perfect. Even though he was like Dobby's friend and freed him. Like, like what, what would Harry's eulogy be like? Dobby... I really, it was fun when you were the red herring in Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> um, and I liked when you painted that portrait uh, of me that one time that I thought was kind of weird. <laughs> Davi, uh, your hats were so funny. Um, you're, you showed up to give me gillyweed at the last possible moment one time because the, uh, because the author couldn't figure out a way for me to get it. <laughs> And you disappeared for like three books, and now you're here. Hello, welcome. Thanks. Sorry, Dobby, that you're dead. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't know how meaningful this that would be. If yeah, had Dobby. To, if he had to cite the reasons that he loves Dobby for us, D Dobby is such a funny character to have be the impetus for this whole thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be very symbolic. It's yeah, he takes the briefest moment to like think about the politics of that but i don't think it's intentional and i don't think that it it matters to the story it's just sad it's just capital s sad he's he's sad about it he's not gonna do anything about it he's not actually gonna like think about the wizarding world or anything he is just sad and he's going to do some manual labor to show that he's sad for dobby right 
it's uh it's it's truly strange it is it is i mean this this really is a moment where i was just like did, did jk rowling like read like four pages of lenin or something <laughs> in college maybe and was like oh i remember something about uh, uh like labor and society and uh i'll throw that in there like just just really weird like where did this where did this like little treatise on on uh on labor and the wizarding world and like comfort in the wizarding world come from it's it is truly bizarre, <laughs> but hey, it it, uh, it it gets Harry inside uh, uh, to demand that he have uh, two very long conversations with two characters who we barely know um, to deliver some very important lore for us. I mean, also, like, no offense to Dean and Luna, but what are they doing here? I mean, I know yeah. how they got there, but like, why? Last last chapter was like the 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 per- firing on all cylinders, perfect Hagrid's hut clusterfuck. Yeah, um, it was the maximalist ha- Hagrid's hut clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. This is the deconstructed Hagrid's hut clusterfuck. Yeah, uh, which is there are a lot of characters around, uh, but they are but they are meeting with Harry one on one in different situations uh, to provide uh, information of varying degrees of importance. And, uh, and, you know, th- to hover around for no real reason. Like, Luna- yeah, why did Luna give the eulogy? Because she's, because she's weird, like Dobby. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so baffling. It's like, why? Does Dean get to say anything? Let me. Thanks, muttered Dean. D- oh, Dean gives Dobby a hat. Did Dean know Dobby? <laughs> it is, it is very difficult to just, like, find a, like, a thread to follow in this chapter honestly mm-hmm. like for for why these characters are here what any of this means for the story for the themes are these even are the things that we think are the themes even relevant are we just like you know barking up the wrong tree here with this labor like it, it is so this, this book is so full of like false starts on 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 themes and like uh gestures towards uh, uh ideas that like are very deep and complex and interesting that the book itself actually has no interest in discussing yeah it seems much more interested in just like sounding good yeah yeah it, ha- it has the cadence of sadness it has it has the cadence of a moment of clarity it has the the like vibe of a of a of a christian allegory but like it's not actually delivering on any of those things mm-hmm. um Harry Harry is just completing a very paint by numbers like MacGuffin quest. Yeah, and there are a lot of MacGuffins out there. He has to choose which MacGuffins he to learn more choose. about first. This is I know we make this joke a lot. The him being like it's time to make my choice, Horcruxes or Hallows, that is the most video game ass yeah. like decision time moment it could be like a timed decision yeah it is so funny and it really is like you have to choose which character to talk to and whoever you talk to first is gonna like pick your route it is so bizarre it it is no i think that that is such a like 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 you know i don't we know jk rowling is a gamer of sorts i don't know if she's playing rpgs i don't know if she's playing um mass effect right but like she she's she's played games before she's played she's a she's she loves pro pokemon 
we, we know we know she's not like an alien to gaming stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't feel bad making those writing comparisons a lot because I'm like, I feel like, I I I feel like that's a valid like thing to wonder is like one is she drawing from video games and two how much are video games drawing from jk rowling right because like everyone read these books and so this is a this is almost a like chicken and egg moment because this this is such a this is such a like okay we finished the big story mission we're back on the normandy it's time for me to talk to all of my important characters to get to you know get their dialogue trees exhausted so i have all my side quests and codex entries right? right like it is it is it is so nakedly that style of writing um that it's kind of surreal. I guess I guess the real problem here is that it it is operating in video game logic. Mm-hmm. Like like really whether or not that w- is why it was written mm-hmm. that way or if it is just a total accident mm-hmm. the way this is set up only works in a video game um and it is fully hinging on making you buy into Harry's under newfound like Zen understanding of what Dumbledore would want because like, yeah, f- like it seems like he's making the wrong choice here because there's a ticking clock on one of yeah. the quests and there's not a ticking clock on the other one. <laughs> so it, so, so you have to really, really believe in this idea of, of Dumbledore having some sort of like godlike power that he knew Harry would have to turn away from the ticking clock quest. Yeah. And wh- why? Why is that better? Yeah, I am I can't quite figure that part out. It seems like Harry should have gone and gotten the other wand and then maybe destroyed some horcruxes. Yeah. Yeah, why is it this way around, huh? Cuz because of faith. I, I guess so. I guess it is just because of faith, because the the thing that is very strange about this is I I could see this working if the ticking clock was like drastic enough that like Voldemort was already getting the wand at this point, and Harry was like, well, if we just like apparate in front of Voldemort, he will kill us, right? Like, just we can't face him one on one. But that's not what happens here. Harry spends all this fucking like like in in at least in 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 universe at least half an hour here uh talking to Griphook and Ollivander they could have easily if Harry knew that this was the deal easily could have uh uh apparated to where uh Voldemort was going and gotten the wand yeah. He cuz he knows at this point, right? He saw the vision of Grindelwald saying it lies with him. Yeah. Right? I mean it's very it's very funny cuz it's like he knows and we don't. It is some rare hairy knowledge like has come mm-hmm. to a conclusion but we don't get to find out what it is until the end. Yeah. So he, he, but like Harry they had ample time cuz they also they know where the tomb is. They could apparate there. Uh uh pre- assuming that it falls within the newly revealed apparition range, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they could go and get it and then apparate away again. Like they could they could have fucked Voldemort's plan all the way up here. Uh and I don't really see a reason as to why not. Um other than that I guess Dumbledore knows and wants them to play the long game. 
Yeah, and I and I guess like again, it is gesturing at some stuff, right? Harry turning away from like the corrupting force of power and like also gesturing at like Harry having that like similar um like draw to it, but but I don't even buy into that, right? Cuz it keeps going back to that. It's like Dumbledore is hopelessly drawn to power and he has a hard time saying no to it and Harry has to say no to it. Voldemort won't say no to it. Also, it does the same thing with Ollivander because Ollivander has this moment where he is interested in Voldemort getting the Elder Wand just to see what would happen. Um, (laughs) But I don't really, I don't really know Harry to be particularly drawn to power. Well, there's not only that, it's like, I, 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 I'm I'm assuming that what the one I'm supposed to be reading here is that it is a um like it is a like oh we can't you know we can't wield the ring against Sauron thing right is is the vibe I think I'm supposed to pick up from this of like yeah I guess like 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 we can't we 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 can't use the ring it has to be destroyed and and Harry can't take the Elder Wand. Because it'll corrupt him or whatever. But even if that is true, even if we assume that like, okay, the story is supposed to be don't go don't go after the Elder Wand because it'll it'll be bad and it's barking up the wrong tree. Couldn't they just get the wand to make sure that Voldemort doesn't get it? Like, that seems like the bigger problem to me is if there is the super weapon and, you know, if you're if you're telling the super weapon story. And you're like, okay, well, the story is mm, uh, you shouldn't use the super weapon against the guy who wants the super weapon because then you become the guy with the super weapon. But like, well, I, I I think that's not really what the the story could even be here. It's just like we, I think it would probably be good to make sure that Voldemort doesn't have a super weapon in the first place. Yeah, it's right? sort of odd because it seems a little contrary to Harry's story from the very beginning. I thought that his like special power is that he wouldn't use the super weapon. Like that's his whole deal, right? Like that's the whole deal yeah. since book one, where he was able to retrieve the philosopher's stone because he would never even think to use it. Right. He's, yeah. he's, he's innocence, right? He could have the wand, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't hurt anyone. Lupin has even said directly to the camera in this <laughs> book, Harry is the symbol of uh, all of our innocence right. or whatever. Right. So I'm, I don't know if I'm fully buying into this idea that Harry has to like turn away from the temptation of power here. Yeah. If, if any, like, again, it, it, to me, it's just like, it, it, this has nothing to do with like the temptation of power. This has to do with like, I think it would be bad if the bad guy had the nuke wand, right? Like we should, we should put it somewhere else. We should, we should take it and uh, hide it or break it or anything other than let the bad guy have the murder wand. This is sort of going back to the thing where it's like, they're like, no, we can't kill Voldemort's body that he's walking around doing murders in until we destroy the Horcruxes. <laughs> it's like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Because of the story. It seems like it might be useful. <sighs> yeah. Um, uh, but Harry makes the, I guess, the, uh, universally correct decision and talks to Griphook first. Yep. Um, and, and we get a, one of the funniest images I think this book has conjured, uh, uh, which is Bill Weasley 
carrying grip hook and like tucking him into bed and grip hook all this all the while holding a sword um <laughs> just a really funny picture in my head of what of what that looks like yeah i don't know i feel, i feel like it would have just been easier cuz the thing is is when you're the writer you have like kind of godlike powers over the situation and i think yeah. that he had to be carried because all of andrew and grip hook were like in the same room and and Harry wanted to talk to them separately, but I'm like, J.K. Rowling, you could have just written them being in separate rooms. <laughs> Add a room to this damn house. It just, seems, it just seems unnecessarily complicated. Yeah, it is. It is very funny. This is this is a very fraught conversation, is what I will say. Um, this is maybe the most direct conversation the series has ever had about like the um the like social politics of the wizarding world and the different magical races right and it it is kind of frustrating because it like it touches on some very interesting ideas and like like it it feels like it could be almost a do-over of like the criticism of the goblins in book one right um but instead, it just sort of, like, reinforces a lot of those uh, uh, bad anti-Semitic tropes and also, like, just gets footprints all over some really unfortunate, like, uh, 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 rhetoric about, uh, like, minority behavior in general. I mean, like, I, I've, I've brought up the quote multiple times about J.K. Rowling's, like, Oh, uh, minorities all fight each other instead of doing an Avengers team up uh, or whatever, right? Like, she's she's got some bad thoughts on on this stuff that she uh, can't can't weave into an interesting story. I don't think. No, that this is it's just it's just baby mode. It's like kind. <laughs> it's like frankly a little bit embarrassing. Um, yeah, and I. I hate to be mean to the Harry Potter fandom, but sometimes I read stuff like this and then I read the high-minded like praise of Harry Potter being like this really important social story that like We just read the MeUndies apology that's like, oh, it's about diversity, acceptance, and inclusion or whatever, right? Absolutely pathetic. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what happens when someone reads like baby mode picture book that's like like Fifi the rabbit is discriminated against because she has spots and the other rabbits have to learn to <laughs> to not do that because we have to embrace differences and like that's what racism is and then never learned anything again and decided to write it into like this serious <laughs> weird gritty fantasy story it is baby mode bullshit and J.K. Rowling is, hasn't learned anything since like first is, grade <laughs> That is the thing that's so funny about it is that like the tone of this scene and like the um the the gravity of the things that Grip Hook brings up, right, are like fairly interesting and like very serious, like uh uh the sort of like mundane evil racism thing. <laughs> right. But like the the solution to it is for one Harry to be a godlike figure. Yeah. Uh who who is just who who you know, he he's 
nice. He's nice to the goblins and to the elves, so he's he's good. And then for uh, Hermione to jump in and say, "I'm just as oppressed as you are." Yeah, it's difficult to find the exact words for this because it's it's just so. There are reams of 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 paper that could be written about like what a fucked up comparison that is, <laughs> uh, and and for for uh, you know for. Especially when Grip Griphook's direct complaint is, I can't have a wand. And Hermione says, like, well, I can have a wand, and I'm still and I'm still oppressed. So checkmate goblins or whatever. It is just truly baffling, especially when we are talking about a I mean, like, what what reading between the lines here, like, Griphook has some surprise and respect for Harry because he showed compassion to a house elf. Yes. The house elves are literally slaves. Yeah. And Griphook, if you like kind of just like read between the lines of what he is saying, I, I guess like the symbol that separates like like who is free and who is not in this world is like having a wand. And he, that like that like that is his, his big complaint. It's like, hey, I don't get to use those. It's, also, it's really a completely cool. new idea, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right, because yeah. because frankly my up until this very moment where griphook explicitly says this my impression wasn't that they weren't allowed to use wands or or allowed to own wands legally barred from owning wands but that they did magic a different way and that wizards just needed to have wands mm -hmm. guess not guess it's wand lore yeah i <laughs> There's a lot to piece together between, like, this conversation and, like, the Goblin Rebellion stuff that's been sprinkled throughout the, the books as a joke before. Right. Uh, which is also a little funny to think about now um, that it's gotten serious. But the, like, the, the big gotcha being, like, well, don't, you know, the grass is always greener, I have a wand and I'm still oppressed, is just... I like just I cringing imagining the real world version of this conversation happening, right? Just like uh awful to think about. Yeah. I I'm trying to unpack this in like Harry Potter world, you know? Yeah. Because I mean she's she's right, but she is because an evil evil murder ghost man is trying it has has <laughs> taken over the government. Yeah. She she is right right now because of the 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 evil the evil the evil snake man runs the government and has like targeted her specifically, but like the problem that uh uh, uh grip hook is describing is like centuries old at this point right like, right like he is he is describing a like generational injustice that that he is bothered by and Hermione is like well that's not important. Because we've we've got some shit we're dealing with right now, and it's like, well, if anything, this is like I, I I read this and I'm like, damn, the like, the intersectional Harry Potter story could be really interesting, <laughs> right? If like if this was all on purpose, right? And like Harry Potter was a series about navigating, uh, like fantasy politics in this way, that'd be kind of cool. But that's not what it is. It's it's just it's Griphook has to say this, basically be told to shut up and help them. And then he gets to betray them later, right? Because he's because he's bad, and and a little goblin who wants to possess, to, you know, to steal treasure. Oh, Ron's there to be treasure. devil's advocate. 
Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Which is sure weird. Is. It's like an odd way of sort of reeling it back. Cause it, it almost like it, it goes in this way that's like very serious and has some interesting, but it's like Ron is there to kind of de-escalate it into sounding more like wizards and goblins have like separate state secrets. <laughs> right, yeah. Because Griffith is like, I'm not allowed to use a wand. And Ron is like, well, you guys can make cool swords and, and armor. And won't tell us uh, how to make the t- armor. It's <laughs> so fucking funny to me. Because, like, even even in Harry Potter world, which is, like, very much, like, uh, kind of, like, good old days fantasy pulling from, like, all of her favorite, uh, you know, English history stuff, right? Like, swords and armor sure seem antiquated. <laughs> Like, unless, are goblins making, like, powerful firearms out of metal, or the, the, the having a, like, long-standing grievance over, like, you won't tell me the secret of the, t- the thousand-folded katana is really funny to me. The lore doesn't work, I don't think. It's trying <laughs> to be a whole lot of different stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting pulled in a lot of different directions here, and it just, uh... It's just like stumbling around in the dark, looking for like any, anything. I mean, I, I, I think this is just a like even worse manifestation of the stuff we talked about with like the, um, the like Lupin bringing them up to speed on what the Wizarding World is like outside now, or it's like it's just gesturing at real stuff that I know is shitty, and then and like making me feel bad, and then not doing anything with it. Really quite a choice to have Hermione say to Griphook, uh, we want to free, free the slaves, and then to remind the reader that Ron is like, I didn't want to free the slaves. Also, Harry taking a lot of credit for Hermione's activism in this chapter. Yeah, he's Jesus now, though. He's Jesus now, though, so it's okay. But yeah, like Hermione's entire deal for many books has been, hey, uh, the house elf thing sure is fucked up. And it's been treated as a joke this whole time. It's treated as a joke here with Ron, even. Mm-hmm. Right? Ron, Ron, like, sh- what's it? he shifts uncomfortably when she says that. And, but Harry, he's, he, who has just now, in the past 20 minutes, understood the value of Dobby's life and, and his, uh, his shitty place in the world. Uh, he's the one who, who gets the credit from Grip Hook to be like, damn, you're, maybe, maybe you're all right. Yeah. The fantasy of being, like, the all-right one in the face of, like, an oppressed person is one of my least favorite things to read, you know? Just, like, that. Oh, it's there's no, no way to write this kind of thing that doesn't sound self-aggrandizing or, like, minimizing or anything. I, I mean, this whole sequence is just, like, makes me want to barf, to be honest. Like, it is, <laughs> it is such a clear window into J.K. Rowling's very bad brain. Um... The part where Hermione cuts in and says, I'm a mudblood and proud of it. I'm just like, (laughs) it's rough. And I'm I'm like, I understand that, like, I I think that this kind of story has gone out of style. I don't think you can get away (laughs) with this in the same way that was kind of more common. Mm -hmm, Uh, And I feel like it was sort of maybe on its way out in 2007, too. But like again, it's like it's like baby mm. mode, and I I can't read that and think like J.K. Rowling like this is not this isn't 
your place to tell this story or like assume this for Hermione, your like self insert character. But it sure does explain her her uh, situation <laughs> now. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, sure does, huh? Turf and proud of it. Turf and proud of it. I'm I've been I've been called the worst words possible. Mudblood, turf, woman. <laughs> these are I wear these badges proudly as a horrible piece of shit human being yeah I, I think that there have been some chapters and i've like said this before i'm like if you're remembering it in this like way that you're tying it back into like your current values and your values are good like read this one again because it is it's rough yeah yeah read this again read that quote that i read a couple weeks ago uh, where the the second half of her i hate bigotry quote mm-hmm. um she just where she kind of just like lays the blame entirely on minorities uh just not not a good brain not 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 uh not equipped for this stuff i don't think not i mean and like like you say not really her story to write either i mean also she's not really interested in it either right it's it's window dressing because because as we as we've discussed like harry isn't going to change the status of goblins and like what's what's weird is like how is that not the story you know, like it would still be corny as shit, but how is this this because because we're, we're even ending with the big battle at the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how is this not Harry like going and bargaining with like the goblins and being like, hey, I've figured it all out. You've got a pretty rough, rough lot in, in the wizarding world. We're going to change that once we get uh, uh, tr- uh, I was about to say once we get Trump out of office, <laughs> once <laughs> Once we get Voldemort out of out of out of the ministry, uh, we'll you know we'll 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 figure this shit out and go into the centaurs and being like, hey, I saw that statue in the ministry. That was fucked up, huh? I agree with you. But uh, I mean, that we're is all sort die. that is sort of the story. It's just that they're not going to do that shit. It's a fucking lie. That well, you know, it's it's yeah. So <laughs> exactly, he, Harry, I guess implies these things maybe. Um, but it's not actually a story about like unifying uh, these like disparate peoples or like like solidarity in the face of uh, 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 an oppressor. It's like, no, Harry is just like, damn, you can't use uh, you can't use wands. That sucks. I mean, like, Harry more or less here is just doing like, I ain't reading all that. Sorry. Uh, happy for you, though. Sorry that happened. Right. Like, it's just <laughs> he's just like, I don't care. You just need to help me get into the bank. Well, yeah, He's also just in a trance. The whole time, yeah. which is bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it would be, it would still be corny and cheesy and probably pretty, you know, ham-handed and problematic. But like, at least go for the like, hey, we're we're gonna rally everyone together and and maybe we'll have a better future after after we deal with this problem. It's like, no, we're just gonna keep everything exactly the same. <laughs> we just have to we get literally- back to normal first. We literally just want things to be the same way they were in book one, where there was like a kind of a stupid guy running the government and we didn't have to think about it. Hmm. Having some thoughts, having some thoughts about current events right now. Uh, <laughs> having, a, having a hard time. <laughs> we, we just want, we just, we'd be having brunch in Diagon Alley right this now. This is such a bad time for this. This is a bad time. <laughs> We, <laughs> our prescient podcast. How how is this the chapter that we read today? Right. 
can't wait to be able to go back and not think about politics anymore. We're just everything back to build back better once Voldemort's gone. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, God. There's so much in this chapter. I mean, like the um, the stuff about Wandlore that he he mentions is very funny because, I mean, we, we're about to get once we're done with this character, we're going to get another info dump about Wandlore. Um, but it, it it being spoken of here, like this is just a thing that we know is so funny. I feel like, like I'm truly it, this term gets thrown around too much, all, uh, like about everything. <laughs> But I do truly feel gaslit by this book about Juan Lore. Yeah. The bit where Harry earlier in, in this book was like, uh, uh, he didn't even ask about Juan Lore or whatever, as if that was like some unthinkable thing. And we know what the fuck he's talking about is very funny. And to see it again pop up here as if it's like, oh, Juan Lore, right. That's why the goblins are mad at the humans is so funny. Yeah, this it feels crazy because this is, should be a moment where Griphook is like, well, the wizards won't tell us anything about Juan Lore. And Harry should be like, shit, they won't tell me anything about Juan Lore. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know what Juan Lore is. <laughs> That's not even like the name of a class they had. Wandlore fundamentals. And, and but he also gets the info dump and he's hearing the information for the first time. So which is it? I'm going crazy. <laughs> it's in the conversation with Griphook that we get the like pontificating about like why the vault is a possible location. This is this is Harry's genius moment. This is his, this his is, like yeah. Sherlock deduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry saying a bunch of stuff that makes no sense but because the characters all say wow that sounds correct it it uh it, i i guess passes the the test the the thing that i am so stuck on is harry being like oh voldemort has always respected people with bank accounts i'm just gonna read it yeah can you just read that whole uh, uh thing please yeah i'm gonna read the whole sequence because it it is I, my eyes like bugged out of my head when I was reading yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry, whispered Hermione, pulling them both away from the door into the middle of the still dark landing. Are you saying what I think you're saying? Are you saying there's a Horcrux in the Lestrange's vault? Yes, said Harry. Bellatrix was terrified when she thought we'd been in there. She was beside herself. Why? What did she think we'd seen? What else did she think we might have taken? Something she was petrified you know who would find out about. But I thought we were looking for places you know who's been. Places he's done something important, said Ron, looking baffled. Was he ever inside the Lestrange's vault? I don't know where- I don't know whether he was ever inside Gringotts, said Harry. He never had gold there when he was younger, because nobody left him in anything. He would have seen the bank from the outside. <laughs> he would have seen the bank from the outside, though, the first time he ever went to Diagon Alley. Harry's scar throbbed, but he ignored it. He wanted Ron and Hermione to understand about Gringotts before I spoke to <laughs> I think he would have envied anyone who had a key to a Gringotts vault. I think he'd have seen it as a real symbol of belonging to the wizarding world. And don't forget, he trusted Bellatrix and her husband. They were his most devoted servants before he fell, and they went looking for him after he vanished. He said it the night he came back. I heard him. I don't think he would have told Bellatrix it was a Horcrux, though. He never told Lucius Malfoy about the diary. He probably told her it was a treasured possession and asked her to place it in her vault, the safest place in the world for anything you want to hide. Hagrid told me, except for Hogwarts. You, wow, you really Jesus understand him. fucking Christ. I... Uh, 
as we all know, Voldemort loves banking. I'm calling bullshit on this. So, a couple things. I think that what it's trying to say is that maybe you, there's like a family vault aspect, right? Like you are left mm-hmm. a vault full of money from your family. Which is very, Harry describing the universal experience of having a large inheritance. Except bullshit, because yeah. there aren't that many wizards. And the way it's described in book one is not that like, only the like pure blood families have vaults. That's just the bank. <laughs> Harry has seen the Weasley vault. Right. And he and there was like the whole thing about like Molly looking embarrassed or whatever. Like, because it's not a fancy vault and it's like not not full of treasures and gold. I'm sure Voldemort could go open a checking account at Great Cots. It's the only well, bank. Also, like you pointed this out when we were discussing this chapter yesterday. Voldemort, like, existed as a guy before he became Voldemort. Right. He had, Could like, he a not... job. Like, yeah, a block he... away. <laughs> he was on the same street. He was, or, or I guess, I guess, Kitty Corner. He was in uh, a Nocturne Alley. So he intersected with Diagon Alley. Right. So it was, yeah, he could just walk to, to Gringotts and open a checking account or whatever. Yeah, so, like, maybe he keeps this, now that he's, like, a snake guy, maybe he's money under his mattress or whatever, but, or maybe he can't <laughs> walk into Gringotts. I'm not really sure. I don't know who's going to, like, arrest him. Um, but I think that this is just, like, bullshit. Uh, the idea... Especially considering how I think, like, the one cool piece of characterization we can glean from this book is that, like, Voldemort is kind of, like, a weird austerity fascist mm-hmm. and not, like, an opulent guy, yeah. right? Like, like the idea that Voldemort respects people with bank accounts is so contrary to everything I know about his character. Like, he, the, his first thing he did when, after getting a body back... Was like going to Lucius Malfoy's house and like trashing it, <laughs> yeah, and just like, and just like, just like you know, fucking turning the the foyer into a into a meeting room and stuff. And he doesn't give he doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. He doesn't like wealth. He doesn't care. What what could money do for him? Right. Yeah. There's there's zero reason for Voldemort to amass money, and so the idea that he respects people who have a vault because they're part of the wizarding world Voldemort hates the wizarding world right like <laughs> he wants to tear it all down he wants to like like remake it in his weird like like uh uh like fascist image like he's 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 not a like he's not after wealth he's not that kind of fascist he's a different kind yeah and I assume that he's just like fully bankrolled by Lucius Malfoy too right I, 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 yeah, it, it, it is so ridiculous to present this as, like, some big, like, like ah, now all the pieces fall together moment. Because it's like, I've never, not once reading this series have I ever thought, damn, I wonder what Voldemort thinks about the bank. Oh, he probably is really <laughs> jealous of people with bank accounts. Probably, he, he sees them going in and getting that free pen. He's like, damn, I heard that if you open a checking account at, like, Super Saver, you can get an Xbox. I, it just seems like 
Do you think on like... payday at Borgen and Burks when he was just like a guy, all of his coworkers were like, all right, got our paychecks. Time to go deposit them at the bank. Want to come, Tom Riddle? And he's like, no, I don't have a bank account. I don't have a bank account. Well, you can just open one. It's easy. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I have another read of this. Uh, okay. Scene, which is that uh, this is the part that J.K. Rowling uh, zoomed in on when she was trying to come up with uh, or or was um, allowing the cursed child people to say that uh, uh, Voldemort and Bellatrix were fucking. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> there's the bit there's the bit here where uh harry says uh uh i or or ron says i thought we were looking for places you know who's been places he's done something important was he ever inside the lestrange's vault <laughs> yeah he yeah, did he something was. pretty important inside the lestrange vault <laughs> he was doing it he was he's been there all right <laughs> what a mess <sighs> what a fucking mess um so now now it's time to talk to olivander wandlore alert wand lore time uh uh credit where credit is due i like the callback to the uh, uh terrible but great yeah thing. yeah ha- having yeah because because i think that sort of passes without comment in the first book and and harry here being like oh yeah i remember that's kind of i remember this guy being kind of weird about voldemort last time i spoke to him i i will say there is one that is like the one moment in this chapter where i was like huh that's actually kind of cute i like yeah that um everything else here is hilarious so wands operate on like klingon rules <laughs> yeah. but nobody knows yeah. it but also it's common knowledge but also they won't tell the goblins that but also it's just true um, this doesn't work this does not work for me no explain explain the the wand rules that we are given here if you best someone Whatever that means, in in an arena, I suppose, <laughs> and get that you earn their wand if you take it, and the wand will recognize you as its new owner. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. So, this is uh new. First of all, new lore. Yeah. Um. Uh. It means that Harry has. The most OP spell in the world at his disposal <laughs> all the time, which is Expelliarmus, because yeah. he fucking uses that on every... Hey, can you imagine... How many wands does Harry own at this point? Like, like if you... Not counting... You know, not all the ones he's picked up, but just, like, if we if we look at all the times he's Expelliarmus someone and knock their wand out of their hand, like, he's got a claim on at least a hundred wands, I would say. Right, Yeah. He he could he could build the wand Gatling gun that we were joking about after the 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 triple wand spell. Yeah, I, I think people don't give him enough credit because you're right. Like, imagine how big a spell he could make with all those wands. <laughs> he could he could just like make like Sentinel beam and destroy Voldemort with one Avada Kedavra. Like, just just point it in his direction. Lux <laughs> exactly. Um, the, uh, so, like, that, that's silly. The idea that this is a common thing for all wands and not just the Elder Wand 
also makes the Elder Wand seem less interesting. Like, the Elder Wand operating on Klingon rules kind of makes it seem like, oh, this is like an archaic artifact. Yeah, and it's right? like, like maybe opera- like sort of alive and has like a like a rudimentary intelligence yeah. or something. Yeah, it's um here here is a <laughs> here is a really long shot comparison. Okay. When I was a kid, I had not just the N64 version, but the Game Boy Color version of Star Wars Episode One Racer. Oh yeah. And in the Game Boy version of Star Wars Episode One Racer, you unlock Sebulba uh-huh. by beating all of the like hard mode challenges or whatever. Sure. But if you ever lose a race with Sebulba, he appears on screen and tells you, "Damn, you suck." <laughs> I'm leaving. Oh no! And you have to unlock. You have to like re-unlock. Sure. Him. You can. You can't lose if you have some. So this is the second time I've asked you this today. Can you mm. um, run and tur- turn the game off and like Yoshi's story? <laughs> I've actually never. I never tried okay. that. I was too. T- I. It happened to me once and I cried. Oh. Is, is what happened. Is what happened here. Is I, is I was. I. I was so jazzed and I had Sebulba. Then I lost a race with Sebulba and he told me. I'm leaving. I hate you, or whatever. That's so and I sad. Cried. I was very sad as a little yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, that is what the Elder Wand seemed like. It was like, oh, this is a weird one, right? Like it, 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 like you say, like it has a mind of its own, kind mm-hmm. of. But it turns out that that is just how all wands work, I guess. So that's boring. Do you get the impression that it is common knowledge or not common knowledge? Like, is this the sort of thing where it's like, oh, Harry, you didn't know that? So I'm... It is... It sure feels like this is presented as, like, this is deep wand nerd stuff, even for the wizarding world. Yeah, it just seems like it would have huge implications on, like, the culture and how people lived their lives. Yes, that is the part that I don't understand, is that it's like... It seems like this is a secret or, like, uncommon knowledge, sure. right? But, like, dueling... We know that dueling is, like, popular enough that there are, like, school clubs for it. Do, so, do like, real duelists, like, adult duelists, do they play, like, marbles? Like, or do they get... Like, it's like we're doing real duelist rules. I get to keep your wand if I win. Right. How has how has it not become common knowledge in the wizarding world? Like, like I mean, like, let's run down the list here. We've got, like, polite duel, mm-hmm. which involves knocking the wand out of your opponent's hand with magic. We have uh, actual wars that have happened, right, uh, in recent memory. Um... It sure seems like it would be very common knowledge that yeah, if you if you best someone in combat, you you own their you are now the master of their wand, right? Like like there's no way for that not to be uh 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 like just just know Just the, point, do surely. the wands know if it's like for realsies? You know? <laughs> like <laughs> like if you're if say yeah. that you're just like meeting up with a buddy and you're you're gonna do a friendly duel, 
And you're going to like, you're going to cast some jelly legs, jinxes. You're going to cast some cheering charms. Just like having a, having a laugh. You might crack open a cold one. Does the wand mm-hmm. have like an intelligence that it's like, I know this isn't for realsies. This is just for fun. So I like, I won't go over to the other person or that person, like the winner doesn't like win and doesn't know if it's like in a life and death situation, then it's like, that was, that was for realsies. No take backs. <laughs> The way Ollivander describes it honestly sounds like Pokemon. <laughs> the, uh, uh, these connections are complex, an initial attraction, and then a mutual quest for experience. The wand learning from the wizard, the wizard learning from the wand. That's kind of an interesting point, because he does talk about like it, like it's Pokemon, but this book has spent most of its <laughs> most of its runtime now trying to explain how unique and special someone's bond with their wand is. And then we finally get the real shit from Ollivander and he's like super casual about it. Like, it's like, Oh yeah, you won that wand, So that's yours now. Uh, but, but yeah, you can win other ones or like keep, you can only have six in your party, but, (laughs) but it's cool. I, um, I mean, like the thing is, is 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 that it is both, um, very, like underwhelmingly, uh, uh, like like nailed down, but also the book leaves the like the the door open a little bit for it to be wrong or like more complex because like he he gives Harry all of this very specific like rule stuff. And then he's like, ah, but it's really complex and weird and subtle. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> like, it's very, it it, it, it really kind of like walks back after uh, uh, outlining some very specific stuff. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Harry uh, uh, mastering Draco's wand? <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice, nice. This is surely... Uh, a flashpoint for shippers yeah i don't i don't know i because i know i've talked about this before and how like i never really understood the dreary thing um mm-hmm. and i don't feel like there's actually that much like canon content of them like hanging out or um, right yeah not much not much of that but this is surely the most like shippable content in the books in the canon yeah, it's uh, it's pretty blatant. It's it's also very funny, just like the the, the house elf politics stuff. This will never come up no. again because if I remember right, Draco uh d- disappears more or less in this book after after his like sort of stonewalling at the manor, right? Because because that we know the movie gives him a big redemptive moment, but I don't believe that happens in the book. Um, I think I think he's more or less gone from the story now. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, what is it that you think we were supposed to take from this? Other than like this is a ticking clock, and we're supposed to we're, we're learning in real time that like oh Harry has made a, a weird choice here. Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's I don't unfair. know. I don't know hey, what, what this book wants from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was an unfair question. Because this this sequence sure goes on for a really long time, and it's mostly, I guess, to, uh, uh, to set up this like, uh, parallel scene that it sort of dovetails into of Harry seeing, uh, Voldemort meet Snape at at uh, at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm the thing is I'm looking at my highlights and I'm like the last thing I have highlighted is the um uh okay, okay it's actually not okay I was about to say the last thing I have highlighted is the comment about um the Klingon rules mm-hmm. but it's actually not true there's multiple pages that go by him and I also highlight it's funny that he calls it the Death Stick not a not a good no name. yeah um de- oh Death Stick by the way uh uh like really makes it seem diminutive yeah diminutive mm-hmm. I think. Feels like calling like a navy captain's like ship a boat or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the Wizarding World, this like I, I guess we have a like question asked and answered many many times now on this podcast. We were like, what the fuck is Wand Lore? Why do people talk about Wand Lore? Like, where did it ever show up? And I guess the answer is right at the end of the last book. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I'm reading this and I'm like. There's not much here. I'm shocked that this is like a thing that the fandom latched onto is like, wow, wand lore, very cool. Uh uh, I I, I need to know more about the wand lore, because it really only serves the purpose of telling us about this one rule about like ownership. Yeah, I mean I guess it's sort of told in a way that that feels tantalizing if you suspect that there's more to it that's being concealed from you. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I do not get the impression. It is just, li- it is literally the one fact about it. Wands have Klingon rules. Um, <laughs> and then all of Andrew, the entire other time being just like, ah, uh, it's really complicated. It's very complicated and subtle. You wouldn't understand right. it. And I'm not tricked by that, but I'm not surprised <laughs> that someone might be. <laughs> it's like damn this guy says it's really subtle and complex i wonder what that means it's like well it means that jk rowling was tired and wanted to finish right it. it's just like the one the one part here um yeah yeah uh what do you make of the actual like voldemort scene at the end here like, like i mean are- i guess it, it ties the whole thing in a nice bow that feels like it's meaningful right we started with harry <laughs> digging a digging a physical grave that he had to do make for his friend with no fanfare cutting to Voldemort cracking into a marble like insane tomb on the Hogwarts grounds <laughs> and taking the the older wand so in that way it's like poetic right I, it feels meaningful it feels impactful yeah yeah, this is almost this is like the I think though maybe the worst version of the like single chapter short story thing mm-hmm. that we've praised before. Mm-hmm. Like similar to stuff like the Mirror of Erised, this definitely has like a beginning, middle, and end, and like is about something. But like the things that it is about are so muddy and and ill formed in this chapter. And also make bigger promises i think than any of those other chapters have in the past um because you know the, the mirror of era said like it's, it's it's a very nice like kind of self-contained thing but like that whole book is about like dealing with loss and adjusting to new circumstances mm-hmm. right this book this and this chapter is about a, a lot of politics yes and and rules and uh and Stuff that is very interesting to think about, but the rest of the book is not about these things. Um, right. And and so it feels kind of uh kind of like a wet fart to me at the end to be like, well, yeah, I guess that's like a like that's a big dramatic ending, but like I know that none of this mattered. Like like the, these politics are never coming up right. again. 
this wand lore only serves the this twist right of like Voldemort getting it um it is uh it's 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 silly yeah I I, I don't think it helps that Harry spends the entire chapter in a trance (laughs) yeah Harry is not a character in this chapter nope um at, well he's his i think that there are some good descriptions and like like um uh him working through his like grief at the very beginning i think is at least like a little bit characterful but then he sort of like passes through the wall and becomes like the christ robot and that's where it falls apart yeah I, christ robot is a good a good description <laughs> of the way he behaves um consistently and and i just I know it wants me to feel like the stuff he's saying is this huge reveal or this like really profound moment where stuff is falling into place, but it's just not, it's just nonsense. It's just like new information. Um, Yeah. That's like the stuff with Ollivander. That is all brand new information. And then it just feels um, cheap to have Ron and Hermione be like, wow, Harry, you were so right. The hallows are real. You're so right. I really wanted to, but and, and it's just, but it, it is literally because we had like a cut scene with a new character that had new lore for us. Um, and then yeah. the, like Bellatrix, like bank account deduction lock brain blast deduction that he has um, <laughs> makes no sense. And on the other side of the coin, why didn't they think of it? Which is like a bad combo to be at. Because yeah. I, I like think about this and my reaction to this reveal isn't like, whoa it's more like wow i can't believe they didn't have this conversation off screen because yeah they've been traveling for they've been like kicking around ideas and theories of where of where the horcruxes could be and so far how many how many are accounted for we have the cave one right (laughs) we have the diary yeah we have the ring I don't know where Dumbledore got that. Doesn't matter. One of the two Horcrux locations that we knew about was in Gringotts because Voldemort, or not in Gringotts, but given to one of Voldemort's followers. So the fact that they didn't yeah. like brainstorm, like would he have given any of the other Horcruxes <laughs> to his followers to guard is just shocking. It's also kind of a triple whammy because it's such a boring answer too. Like where where we were looking all over the world for these uh, mysterious items of import that uh, uh, you know must have some sort of characterful reason uh, uh, to be hidden where they are, and we're gonna learn some more about Voldemort. And actually, the answers ah, a couple of them are in the bank. Yeah, he, g- he gave him, <laughs> gave one of them to somebody to put in the bank for him. He didn't have his own bank account, so. <laughs> Yeah, just really anticlimactic. Does, does, does that imply like, yep. that they've had a conversation before where they're like, hey, could Voldemort have hidden it in the bank? And someone was like, uh, no, he wouldn't have an account. <laughs> who who do you think? Would it be Hermione saying like he doesn't have a bank account? Would that be wrong? It would be Hermione. I wish we could she would say it in like the know-it-all way. Like, like well, yeah. he, his parents wouldn't have left him any money, so he wouldn't have a bank account, Harry. It's so funny to think about that. Like, I... 
I I wish we had got that would somewhat inoculate this. It wouldn't make it a good chapter, but it would like at least somewhat inoculate the like the silliness of that revelation if we had gotten like an ironic scene of them being like like Gringotts, that'd be stupid. Like that, that no way it's in Gringotts. Who's who's walking into Gringotts with a horcrux? That would <laughs> like but it, but we don't even get that. We just get like Harry piecing it entirely together in 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 one chapter right yes uh what a fucking mess is there anything else you want to talk to uh, talk about in this chapter i feel like i feel like we've we've talked about a lot but also like i i'm thinking about it and just like it this chapter felt infinite this chapter felt like it went on forever and there's just like infinite stuff that we haven't talked about but i i, I can't remember earnestly it's it's a hard one to talk about i think yeah because it is like three stories, really. It's like three three chapters worth of stuff. I'm just scrolling through it, we but it's Dobby just it's Ste- too many like facts, you know. <laughs> it is. It it is. I, I I think that that it is. As we've said, it is the most like video game ass chapter. This is Harry just going and exhausting all of his dialogue with a bunch of characters which is fine in a video game this kind of writing works in an rpg uh does not work in a book yeah yeah his his big choice his big decision is so funny <laughs> i can pick i can picture the timer mm-hmm. being like oh left trigger or right trigger choose choose why yeah. i i i this is the point I of no think return it's, i think it's just nonsense like i i sort of want to talk about like harry's like religious thing but it just it doesn't there's nothing here that we haven't said before because it just is gesturing yeah. at nothing yeah yep i i think uh we should probably take a break because we have a much more exciting thing to visit in our third segment excellent which is which is what if what if what if a little guy called Master Chief went went to Hogwarts? Hello everyone and welcome back. Um we got nothing going on. There's nothing happening in the news, as we established earlier in the episode, and, uh, you know, we watched the movie last week, so we're kind of done there, so I think what might be a good, a good bomb for everyone, uh, a soothing, a soothing application for everyone in these, I mean, I was about to say these trying times, but, like, nothing's happening, so. Right. What am I talking about? Um, but... What better activity to round out this episode with than returning to Master Chief's Adventures at Hogwarts? Excellent. For those of you who are just joining us, last week, after we finished watching the movie and discussing it, uh, we took a little jaunt into fan fiction world to see, hey, are there any Halo and Harry Potter crossover fix? It turns out there are. We found one that had seven, pa- seven chapters of buildup. Uh, to Master Chief finally getting to the Harry Potter world where he uh, immediately pulled a gun on a centaur. Uh, so the centaur would tell him, told, tell him where the castle was. He got to the castle uh, and then 
Snape tried to take his assault rifle and right. did. Well, yeah, he did. Snape d- succeeded in taking his assault rifle. Uh, and then uh, Master Chief tackled Snape and pull- pulled, uh, presuming, I'm presuming the Halo 1 pistol. Uh, the big, the big, cool Halo One pistol out and uh, threatened Snape with it, and then Dumbledore said, "Now, now, boys, settle down. No fighting." Right. Um, and and Master Chief uh, went with Dumbledore uh, to his office, and that's where we are now. Uh, an intriguing question. Um, I think that only wizards can see Hogwarts. I think mm. that's the lore. I think that if Muggles happen upon it, they just see some old ruins. Yeah. So, yeah. would you like to popcorn read this? Sure. Yeah, let's, uh, let me send you the link to chapter eight. Uh, so why don't you start and, and we'll just kind of go back and forth here. Oops, I lost my window. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Chapter eight. <laughs> Chief. Can you go anywhere without causing trouble? Cortana groaned as Master Chief followed the old man up a flight of stairs. How how long am I going to read for? That's a good. They I did not when I sent you this to popcorn read. I did not realize that they had uh, double spaced the entire thing. They did. Yeah, you know what? This is this is your your time to shine. Sure. You're the read. You're the reader today. What does Master Chief sound like? What's his voice? Ma- Master Chief. Do you want, shall I read Master Chief's part? It's parts in the Master Chief voice. Is that the Master Chief voice? Yeah, I can't he kinda, really do he it. He kind of talks well. down here. I thought I'd shoot our way out. Make something. They, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the Master that's, Chief voice. I, well, do you have a better idea? Master Chief answered back. What is, what kind of voice does Cortana have? Is it like a sexy voice? She's, yeah, she's kind of got like, a, she's, she's very irreverent, you know? Um, she's, she's, but yes, very, very sultry. Well, I guess you make a point. Sheesh, where is this guy taking us? Cortana sighed as they reached up reached the top of the stairs. <laughs> where are you taking us exactly? Master Chief asked the old man. Dumbledore simply chuckled as he stopped in front of a gargoyle. <laughs> Lemon drop? Dumbledore said, causing the gargoyle to rotate upwards. I'm only going to do Halo voices. I'm not yeah, going to do no, voices that's for fine. the other characters. That's what we're here for. That may not be as advanced as our time, but still, you gotta admit, that is impressive. Cortana laughed as the old man walked up the stairs, followed by Master Chief. Master Chief looked surprised as he walked into the office and looked around. Your turn. What an amazing room, Cortana breathed. Master Chief silently agreed as he looked around. The room was filled with spinning instruments and many books completely different from anything that he had ever seen before. Human, Covenant, and even Forerunner. What species is that? Cortana asked, causing Master Chief to look towards the desk, surprised at the creature sitting on the perch. It looked like a bird, but it had red feathers. <laughs> there, there are birds with red feathers, Master Chief. <laughs> a bird with red feathers? Holy fuck. It looked like a bird. It looked yes. like a damn bird. Impressive, isn't he? Master Chief turned to... Oh, that was Dumbledore. Sorry. <laughs> What is it? Master Chief asked. It's a phoenix. Fascinating creatures, phoenixes. They can carry immensely heavy <laughs> loads. That's right. They sure Their can. Their tears have healing powers, Dumbledore smiled. Such an odd creature, Cortana frowned. Now, might I inquire who you are? Dumbledore asked. I am Spartan 117, rank of Master Chief in the United States, or United States, United Nations Space Command, and my companion can introduce herself. 
Then Master Chief pulled out a circular pad and placed it on Dumbledore's desk. Master Chief pulled Cortana's chip out of his head and pushed it into the circular pad, causing a small image of Cortana to appear. Dumbledore looked surprised before he regained his calm composure. All right, you go now. I'm sorry for my friend's idiotic behavior. I'm artificial intelligence construct serial number CTN0529, but I prefer the name my creator gave me, Cortana. Cortana smirked. I see. I can honestly say that you and your friend are unlike anything I've ever seen, muggle or wizard, Dumbledore said. I assure you, Master Chief isn't just some muggle. I've learned a lot about your world in the time that I've been here. Technically, we shouldn't even be here. Dumbledore frowned at Cortana's statement. And why is that? Dumbledore asked. Because we're from the year 2557, Cortana answered, getting a surprised look from Dumbledore. Might I inquire how? Dumbledore asked. Our ship, the forward unto dawn, or what was left of it, was sucked into a black hole. Ironically, it saved us. I think you saw what was left of it earlier, Cortana laughed nervously. So that's what my students saw earlier. Might I inquire what you are, Master Chief? You look human. <laughs> you look human. Is, is Master Chief in his, like, suit? Yeah. It? Always. Man, he's never not in the suit. Can he... He can't get out of the suit, right? Uh, he can. Yeah, you can get out of the Spartan suit, but he just doesn't, really, in the games. I think I think it takes, okay, like, machines the, to take him out. But does he, like, take a shower? Uh, he it is self-cleaning. In the books. Right, yeah. Um, and it takes all of his doo-doo and pee-pee out and yeah. turns it into energy or something. And that's where the shield energy comes from. Maybe, I don't remember exactly. Oh, no, there's a fusion reactor. But maybe the fusion reactor is fueled by his crap. I can't remember. <laughs> the books have a lot of lore explaining how the suit works. It does right. not, however. There was there was a there was I a know, long it, it doesn't jerk him off. I know that. Yeah, it doesn't jerk him off, sadly. It doesn't jerk him off. He has to he has to take the suit off for that. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, no, he's he's always in that damn suit. I am human, sir. Then Master Chief took off his helmet, showing Dumbledore wait, his face. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. What? Don't Master Chief taking off his helmet, showing Dumbledore his face. That's big that's big news. Master Chief took off his helmet, showing Dumbledore his face. I see. No offense, Master Chief, but you look as if you haven't removed that suit in a very long time. See, if I looked ahead, I would see that the author would thankfully answer my questions. Yeah, yeah. That suit is... Mjolnir Mark Mjolnir Mark VI armor, top of the line, armor for Spartans, Cortana said. Might I inquire what a Spartan is, Dumbledore asked. <laughs> That's classified under ONI intelligence, Master Chief said as he put his helmet back on. Dumbledore frowned as he looked at Cortana. That stands for Office of Naval Intelligence, and John, the Spartan II program was made public. Not only that, but ONI and UNSC does not even exist yet. It's not like we can go through the black hole to get back to our time and dimension anytime soon. And it's not like the Covenant or the Flood are going to show up anytime soon, not to mm. mention the monitors are a pile of scraps, Cortana frowned. Hmm, I'm sensing some foreshadowing here. I think perhaps the Flood and the Covenant might show up sometime soon. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Your turn. Might I inquire what the Covenant or Flood is, Dumbledore asked? That's a very long story, Master Chief said. Not to mention, we could be changing history itself by telling him about the Human Covenant War, John. Our very president presence is messing with the fabric of time and space itself. Cortana looked from Master Chief to Dumbledore with the slightest expression of fear on her face. 
I'm aware of the laws of time and space, but I am also aware that they are just theory. Dumbledore frowned. <laughs> I just, I love the implication of this story that Halo and Harry Potter are like the same universe. Like I thought they went through like a portal or something. Like oh, I'm yeah. Master Chief and I'm in Harry Potter world, but it's not. It's like the future of Harry Potter world that is the Halo is world. Halo. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I see. You remind me of someone. I just can't remember who, Cortana frowned. Then she looked back at Master Chief. I think we can trust him, John. Cortana smiled. I love the way that this author is using dialogue tags <laughs> very well. But I, if I see a single trick and you'll regret it, Master Chief said as he kept a hand on his weapon. Very well. But now might I inquire into the events of your time, Dumbledore asked. Well, like I said before, it's a very long story, Master Chief said. This isn't exactly the time to be arguing. We need to unload the dawn before some primitive creatures get, get into it, Cortana frowned. I see. As I understand, you have absolutely no connections in this world, am I correct? Dumbledore asked. The Spartan nodded. Well, his ancestors are on this planet somewhere, but the records of John's past were lost when the Covenant glassed reach, Cortana murmured, making Dumbledore blink in confusion. I see. So may I glance into your past? You must understand I need to understand what I'm dealing with. Oh, shit. Dumbledore's gonna see some cutscenes. Oh, fuck. John, trust him, Cortana whispered. Master Chief nodded. Dumbledore pulled out his wand and pressed it to Master <laughs> Chief's head. A second later, white lines came out of the Spartan's head into the vial the old man was holding. Then, Dumbledore flicked his wand, causing a silver disc to float in front of him. Dumbledore tipped the vial into the disc. I'll just be a minute, Dumbledore said as he looked into the disc. Master Chief frowned as he looked at Dumbledore, who wasn't saying or doing anything besides breathing. <laughs> Um, is he all right? Master Chief asked after two minutes. <laughs> Wait, he's seeing the entire, the entire <laughs> runtime of all the games. <laughs> he's watching a Let's Play. <laughs> all right, you go, you go. Scanning. Scanning, scan, scanning. His vital signs are all normal. Nothing wrong with him. In fact, all his vitals are strong, especially considering his apparent age. Even in our time, the longest a human has ever lived is 120. Cortana frowned. Two minutes later, Dumbledore looked up with an odd look on his face. Parentheses author's note. My original plan was to show scenes from Halo going from John's childhood to the end of Halo 3, but you obviously know all this if you're reading a Halo crossover. By the way, I can't wait for Halo 4. I got the limited edition, baby. Oh no, this is so sad. End author's note. Incredible. Then Dumbledore looked at Master Chief. <sighs> you're an incredibly lucky and powerful young man to endure what you have endured those devices those halos <laughs> they're beyond anything that i've ever comprehended to wipe the galaxy clean of life and the reason why in all my years i never dreamed of a monstrosity like the flood and the covenant they remind me much of another misguided organization yes blinded by false goals these prophets especially and that woman Catherine Halsey. Oh, we hate Catherine Halsey. <laughs> she reminds me of a certain student here. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Okay. Here's so here's a lore dump for you if you Thank don't you. remember. Well, yeah, because the author did not include all of the <laughs> events yeah. from Halo to Halo 3. Halsey is the doctor who started the Spartan program. Uh-huh. And is also the woman that Cortana is like the AI of, basically. Like, oh. like she's based on I mean she's not literally Halsey but she's like she's like Halsey's personality in, a, in an AI basically interesting 
So, so then, hmm, who, we've got some... So who, who is Dumbledore implying is like Halsey? That would be, I am truly on the hook here to find out who, because I'm thinking, because Hal, here's the thing, Halsey is obviously very smart, so it could be Hermione. Um, but Halsey is also, like, pretty evil, like, in the books, like, she, she sucks. Like, like the Joker? Like, she's the Joker? N- n- she, no, see, she sucks more, like, in the way that Dumbledore sucks, really, in that she, I mean, she, her, like, whole deal was, like, I'm gonna get a bunch of child soldiers and turn them into, into, into robot guys. Oh. To save the world. That's her whole deal. So, I'm, I am now, I am now waiting on pins and needles. I want to know who, who this student is. Well, so would Cortana, because she says... I'd like to meet that girl. I must admit, that alien that you were with on the Ark, the Arbiter, I believe? Master Chief nodded. He reminds me of a misguided young man. Oh, fuck, is he just gonna go through every <laughs> Halo character and say what they're like? <laughs> he reminds me of a misguided young man. Might I inquire what happened to him? Dumbledore asked. Based on my predictions, the front half of the dawn that the Arbiter was on Made it back through the slip space portal to Earth, Cortana answered. Dumbledore looked at Cortana. Based on what I saw, you are more advanced than any muggle device or wizarding item on the planet. That much knowledge can be very useful or very dangerous. Dumbledore frowned. Yeah, we've heard that before. I don't know what my Master Chief voice is. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Master Chief said. And you, based on what I witnessed on your life, you are a soldier, yes? Dumbledore asked. Master Chief nodded. I see. Your skills could be very useful. You see, you've arrived at a most critical time in history, and I could use your help in an organization of mine. Fuck yes. Began. Uh, please continue. Chief, I'm detecting an additional life form, sig- a life signature headed this way, Cortana said suddenly, causing Dumbledore to stop talking immediately and Master Chief to yank Cortana from the disc and into his helmet. I should have known that she'd come in here right away, Dumbledore sighed as the staircase rumbled. Hem, hem. <laughs> Dumbledore sighed as the Master Chief turned to see a short woman dressed in a pink, in pink, looking at him. I don't like her, Cortana said immediately, echoing what Master Chief was thinking. (laughs) So, this is the individual that wrecked half the Forbidden Forest and assaulted several Hogwarts professors, she asked as she looked at the Spartan. That's fucking right. That's right. Yes, this is Spartan 117. He apparently came here through a rift in time from the year 2557 <laughs> the wreckage is from his vessel which is practically destroyed he's a soldier from the united nations space command umbridge looked shocked for a second before she smiled i see cornelius must hear about this immediately umbridge said before she looked at master chief this young man is a he okay i don't think master chief is a young man uh this is an interesting characterization of him i guess mm-hmm. i guess dumbledore is pretty old but but young man is not how i would describe master he's chief. yeah he's probably just man yeah. Uh, he prevented the extension of humanity from the threat of an alien armada and an intergalactic <laughs> parasite. In his time, he is one of the most decorated officers and carries the rank of Master Chief, Dumbledore said. Uh, Umbridge scoffed as she looked at Master Chief. I don't care who you are or what you were in your time. Here you answer to the Ministry of Magic and the Ministry itself. There are rules and protocols to follow, and if you don't abide them, you will suffer the consequences. Umbridge smiled before turning and walking away from the room. She reminds me of the monitor, Cortana said when the was gone. <laughs> I know it's unfortunate that we can't take care of the problem the same way, Master Chief said. Ooh, uh-oh. Um, I know, she's been here since the beginning of the year, but it is imperative that we acquire as much as we can from the wreckage of your vessel before the Aurors get there first. I'll have several professors assist you, Dumbledore said. Thanks, Master Chief said. <laughs> Then and then I guess I guess we're getting a scene transition here. The wreckage of the Ford unto dawn. 
The sound of clicking went through the air as a spider crawled near the wreckage, sensing a cold and dark place that would do nice for a home. Not sensing anyone else, the spider crawled inside. A minute later, a horrible screeching noise could be heard before an odd sound could be heard next. A minute later, the ship went silent. Very Damn. atmospheric. Mmm. You could hear a sound and then another sound. Yeah. Are uh, you read the author's note? Oh, yeah, sorry. The author's note is weird. What happens next? Review. <laughs> <laughs> weird. What happens next? Weird is right. Oh, my God. I love this. This rules. This fucking owns. Um, I'm just skipping ahead a little bit. So the next chapter, the author's note says, Hey, it's me. Sorry it's been so long. I've been really busy with Halo 4 and Call <laughs> of Duty right. Black Ops 2. Oh, uh, since I beat the entire Halo 4 campaign, I thought I'd try to incorporate some of it into my novel. Plus a guest star from the classic Halo games. Review. Um, I do not give a single fuck or shit about Serena or Anders from Halo 4. Let's start at the time to get back to our favorite Spartan part here. Now then, it's time to get back to our favorite Spartan. Cortana? Master Chief asked as he looked around. He found himself standing in a completely white infinity. I'm afraid that your artificial intelligence unit is currently unavailable, Reclaimer, a very familiar voice said behind Master Chief, causing him to see dot dot dot. You, he said with rage <laughs> as he looked at no other than 343 Guilty Spark floating in front of him. He immediately whipped his hand to his back to pull out his assault rifle, but found empty air. He looked down to see no gun. He looked up to see the floating orb in front of him. How are you alive? I saw you die on Halo, Master Chief said. That I did, Reclaimer. This is merely your consciousness creating images while you were in a state of resting, He's Guilty Spark said. He's in the Dumbledore said. dream. He's... <laughs> You're basically saying that this is a dream, Master Chief said. In a manner of speaking, yes, Guilty Spark said. Why are you here, Master Chief asked the monitor. Simply to give you information that you would find useful. Surely you don't think it's finished. There's a lot more to be done, the monitor said. You're the last person that I would ever take advice from. You betrayed me and Cortana twice. You killed Sergeant Johnson and then tried to kill me and the Arbiter. I will never listen to you again, Master Chief snarled. There is much you fail to understand, Reclaimer. There is still a flood to deal with. You have much use left, and there is much to do. Spark laughed. The flood is dead. They died when Halo fired with the grave mind with it, Master Chief <laughs> said. Uh, do you truly believe that? And, and there is still your covenant. The meddler may have been destroyed, but that will not stop them. Oh, how I wish she was here. What I wouldn't give for even a small amount of her wisdom. A few Prometheans would surely have ended all this chaos. Then again, that would mean that he would be here too. Then Spark turned towards Master Chief. Oh no, they, the author played Halo 4 and is now putting Halo 4 stuff in this. And, and that's, that's, that's going to send this going all wrong. I, I also think. feel like there might be a problem in that playing Halo 4 made them lose interest in Harry Potter. And this has become mostly a Halo story. Yeah, let me skip. We, I need, I need Master Chief interacting with some professors. Does the name Voldemort mean anything to you? Master Chief asked. Dumbledore stopped and looked back at Master Chief. Might I ask where you heard that name? Dumbledore asked curiously. Just out of the blue, Master Chief said. I'll let you know about him in our meeting. I I need you to keep reading this segment because there is a transition here that is killing me. 
Uh, just just know that for the moment, he is a powerful dark wizard, and even though I don't advise it, do not say his name in front of the students, for it would cause panic, Dumbledore said with a serious tone. Fine, said Master Chief. What did you get? Where did you get that name from? Cortana asked as they continued to follow Dumbledore. You could say I got from I got from an old friend, Master Chief said. Who? Cortana asked with a questioning tone. One spinny circle later. One spinny circle later. Oh, the load circle. <laughs> loading screen in the in the fanfic i love it novels should have loading screens novels should have this is like wattpad levels of like being on the next level yeah it is oh my god (laughs) it's that guy who kicked snape's ass ron whispered with a grin (laughs) i like this guy fred whispered with a grin Many Oh, then Dumbledore raised his hands, causing the hall to go silent. Many of you will be wondering about our new guest here, who certainly made an entrance here the other day. He prefers to be referred to as the Master Chief and will be staying with us for now. Also, while I'm on the topic, I need all prefects as well as the head boy and head girl to accompany our guest and your heads of houses into the Forbidden Forest for an expedition, Dumbledore said, creating mutters among the students. What the bloody hell does he want us for? Ron whispered to Hermione, who frowned. Look at Umbridge, Hermione hissed. Indeed, the High Inquisitor was glaring at Dumbledore. But all that later. For now, let's eat, Dumbledore waved his wand, causing food to appear on everyone's plates. Now that's food. None of that UNSC ration. Oh, that's Cortana. Uh, uh, Cortana laughed, making Master Chief blink in surprise. Cortana, Master Chief asked in confusion. Well, what are you waiting for? The food isn't going to eat itself, and that means taking off your helmet, Cortana said. With a sign, Master Chief reached up and started to remove his helmet, whispering echoed throughout the hall, erupted throughout the hall. Harry, look, Hermione whispered as she elbowed him, and he turned to see Master Chief take off his helmet and place it next to him on the table. He's a human, Hermione gasped. I love this image of him sitting at the head table, like, in his suit. In the halo suit. This is powerful. Harry blinked and the man sitting next at the man sitting next to Dumbledore. This description is from novels such as Halo the Flood and games such as Halo 4. He had short blonde hair, very pale white skin <laughs> that looked as if he hadn't seen the sun in months, and blue eyes. That scared Harry. Had the sun because of the suit. <laughs> That's right. He's in the suit all the time. It doesn't tan him or jerk him off. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell! I was expecting a robot. George was whis- sorry. Jeroge Ger- whispered. <laughs> Master Chief finished his meal and then put his helmet back on. <laughs> Keep an eye on that Harry Potter kid, John. There's something about him that I'm suspicious about. Cortana said. Noted. Master Chief said. Wow, that was intense. If you played Halo Four, you know what Spark was talking about. Oh, no, that's the end. No, we're never going to see them go to the Forbidden Force. Oh, okay. No, we do get the Forbidden Force. Thank fuck. Okay. This is the end of the fic right here. Uh, this, this is the last chapter that exists, starting at Earth, Forbidden Force, December 1995. This is silly. Why are we following him? Ron frowned as they walked behind Master Chief, who had a tight <laughs> grip on his gun and was looking out in front of him. You ask him. Hermione glared at Ron, causing him to whimper. It's extreme. (laughs) Jeez, look at this trail. What made this? One of the Ravenclaw prefix frowned. Malfoy snorted. It's quite a a group we've got together. Following Master Chief through the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, co-op level. We're about ten feet away, Cortana said to Master Chief. He simply gave a small nod. Enough arguing. We're here, Master Chief said as the dawn came into view, getting several surprised looks. 
Bloody hell, said Ron, with surprise at the ruined vessel. Our mission is simple. Unload the dawn and move the inventory to the castle. Do not meddle with the weapons, Master Chief said as he walked into the ruined hatch. <laughs> Forgot the K and walked um, to the ruined hatch. Seeing it incapable of opening, he plunged his fist through the metal and pulled Fuck the door yes. out, throwing it on the ground. Bloody hell, is that what we're all like in 500 years? Ron whispered to Hermione. You too with me, Master Chief pointed at Ron and Hermione. He issued the rest directions and led the two into the ship. He pulled Cortana out and put her into a port, causing her to appear on a screen. The lights dimmed on. Amazing, Hermione said with eyes with wide eyes. Whoa, Ron frowned. Thank you, Hermione. You seem to be quite brilliant, Cortana smiled. You're hot, Ron said, causing <laughs> Hermione to slap him upside the head. Cortana chuckled. I have a lot of questions. When did humans go into space? Is there life out there? Hermione babbled. Life is out there. That's the problem. Master Chief said as he looked into a door. Then he walked inside. (laughs) He looked into a door. Then he walked inside. Holy shit. Good one, John. (laughs) I'm glad they're hyping each other up. Oh, this is so good. Uh, good one, John. Cortana chuckled as Master Chief came out with an armful of Covenant weapons, including the plasma pistol, needler, plasma rifle, and fuel rod gun. That's right. Whoa, Ron said with <laughs> wide eyes. Those are weapons used by the Covenant, designed from Forerunner technology, Cortana said. Covenant? Forerunner? Hermione frowned. Forerunner were a civilization of beings who lived over 100,000 years ago. They were wiped out when the halos fired to destroy the flood, Cortana said. Flood? Hermione asked. Later. Get something to put this in, Master Chief asked. Wait, oh, sorry. Later. Got something to put this in, Master Chief asked. Hermione nodded and she pulled out a small bag, which Hermione, which Master Chief dropped everything into without any question. <laughs> <laughs> he gestured down the hallway and walked. Um, are all humans like you in the future, Hermione asked. You remind me of my creator. I think Dr. Halsey would like her, don't you think so? Cortana asked Master Chief. He didn't respond. He's not really talkative, is he? Hermione asked Cortana. She chuckled. He's always been like this since I knew him. Trust me, if you had been half through what we'd been through, you'd be like him. Cortana frowned. Then she smiled. Uh, Imagine what Johnson would say if he was here. Cortana chuckled. Oh, Johnson. Oh, Johnson. If only Johnson were here. If only Johnson were here. Then her image changed into a recording of Johnson. (laughs) Get to it, Marines. The Corps ain't paying us by the hour, he barked. Then the image turned back into Cortana. He was a good man, a good Marine, Master Chief said as he came out of the armory with a pile of UNSC weapons. Is that a gun, Hermione squeaked? (laughs) Yes, don't touch it, Master Chief said as he dropped the pile of weapons in the bag. The door opened in front of them to reveal the hangar where McGonagall and Snape and a few other students were looking at the UNSC vehicles trying to figure out how to get them loose. (laughs) Amazing, that looks similar to a muggle tank, Hermione said with surprise. It is a tank. Cortana's voice rang over the intercom. And those are pelicans and a hornet flying vehicles. Hang on, Cortana answered. Then the rusted hooks lowered into the devices on the ground. Master Chief pulled Cortana from the wall and then walked into one of the pelicans. Cortana, can you program these pelicans to fly to Hogwarts? Master Chief asked. Of course, John. Simple programming. I take it that's our ride back, Cortana said as the pelicans attached the other vehicles to their bellies. <laughs> All of these items appear to be weapons, Snape observed as Master Chief walked next to him. Your point? The Spartan asked. Cortana interrupted him. 
John, the distress signal is still going strong, but I can't tell if anyone's responded, Cortana said. Later, Cortana, Master Chief said, as she appeared in hollow form, causing several male students mm. to stare at her. Mm. Pansy slapped Draco, causing him to blink out of his daze. We need to tell my father about this. There it is. He'll tell the minister, he snarled. Of course, Drakey. Professor Dumbledore won't tell anyone. Besides, Professor Umbridge probably told the minister already, Pansy frowned. We do have a place to keep all this, right? Cortana frowned. I believe Dumbledore will tell you that when we arrive, McGonagall said. Sounds fair to me. We've gotten everything. Time to abandon ship again. Cortana smirked as she vanished. So we just leave this here? Ron frowned as he gestured at the dawn. For now, get in. Master Chief gestured at the pelicans. It was simple enough to explain. He got in the cockpit of one of the pelicans and activated it. You know how to use this, right? Ron called out. Chief glared at him. Ron quickly shut up. Then the pelicans raised into the air. Now this is air travel, Cortana joked as she appeared on the dashboard. How's that a joke? That, that is literally what it is. It is air travel. Now this is air travel. Now this is air travel. Master Chief didn't answer her as they flew through the air. John, do you think all the Forerunner technology is still here? The materials the Covenant dug up? You know, the portal to the Ark, Cortana asked. You want to go back, Master Chief asked, remembering the events on Installation 00. Well, John, if we can't go back to our own time any other way, we might have to go there. Maybe the Forerunners built a time machine, Cortana said. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, maybe they did. Uh, maybe, Master Chief said as the courtyards came into view and gently lowered the pelican. He le leaped out just as it settled. Inventory secure, sir, Master Chief saluted as Dumbledore worked out. walked out. He smiled. Well done, Spartan. I have the perfect place to store this. Might we talk in my office? There's something we need to discuss, Dumbledore said. Of course, sir, Master Chief said as he followed Dumbledore into the building. And then... So Sorry this took so long. I promised to update more. Review. A lie! Not true. Not true. This is the end of the fanfic. As we know it. 19,000 words. And but this is where it ends. I'm so sad. I'm so sad that, that we don't get to know what Dumb what Dumbledore and Master Chief are going to do with all that hardware. I know. So I'm, I like, so Snape took the gun from Master Chief. Yeah. And then in this, it seemed to imply that he was like in the hangar and he, like Snape was like looking at all the cool warthogs and stuff in there. Right. I feel like, you know, what if Snape, what if Snape knew, you know? Mm. Is Snape, is Snape the bad guy here? Is Snape, is Snape uh, a secret, a secret forerunner or something perhaps? Maybe. But is Master just, Chief going to fight Voldemort? I hope so. Well, we, we need to... Oh, I'm so sad. I thought when I saw 19,000 words when I, when I like searched this last week, I was like, perfect. This one's finished. Alas. Absolutely not. Alas. It is, it is 20,000 words uh, uh, of, of buildup. But, we but we're never going to find out. That's so sad. It sounds like, like the author liked Halo 4. Yeah, good for them, huh? Yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them liking Halo 4. I cannot I cannot follow them down that road, but but uh but but good on them, I guess. Um they uh they leaned a lot more. I guess that's I guess Halo 4 made it a lot weirder um by making her like human-sized a bunch of the time. Mm -hmm. But this chapter was really leaning into Cortana being a hot lady. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. Uh yeah, Cortana is she's a sexy hologram in Halo 4. Um uh and 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 that was that was certainly interesting. Um, 
Well, damn, with with that with that done, like I, I feel bad. Wait, I feel like we can't just leave the episode on that cliffhanger. Should we do like a Halloween costume or something? Yeah, it's it's a it's a little after Halloween, but I feel like since there's nothing else going on right now, yeah, there's, there's no nothing other... else extremely cursed you could read to me. No, um, at this time, you mean you? Oh, you mean you're, you're referring to the Granger 2020 uh, uh, fandom voting uh, calls to action? Mm, am I? Are you? Can I technically? Should, are you? Are, should I? Are those something I should not read in the, in our time <laughs> of crisis? Yeah, right. maybe not. All right, we'll go to the Harry Potter costumes. Um, so we had looked at all the Snapes previously. Hmm. Or maybe we have one Snape left. Let me double check. I search Snape. So Are we Dobby costumes? Ooh, Dobby. There's the Dobby mask. Right. Dobby ears. Dobby hands. But do they have copy? Let's see. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, there's there is copy for this. Uh, Dobby hands. Yeah, OK. Well, shall we read? Shall we read the Dobby, the Dobby lore that uh, the Halloween costumes dot com has for us? Yes, please. There may be a lot of different elves to choose up to dress up as for this Halloween, but why not be the best? We're obviously not talking about any cookie baking elves that live in trees or jolly ones, ones with an apostrophe making toys in the North Pole. And no, we don't mean the mighty elves of Rivendell either. Uh, The best elves of them. Hold on. The best elves out of them all are, of course, Mm. the house elves in Rowling's Wizarding World. Grab this Harry Potter Dobby mask and you'll be the greatest house elf ever. Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf. This is true. Dobby is one of the few house elves in the series that can claim to be a free elf and owes servitude to no one. I feel like owing is a loaded word to use Mm. here. Uh, uh, Halloweencostumes.com. To no one, but those he would actually like to help. So grab this latex mask and slip into a pillowcase or some sort of toga and enjoy your freedom. You needn't take orders from anyone, not even a wizard. And as an elf, you are more powerful than most know. You don't even need a wand to use your magic, and you can easily put a Malfoy or any other mouthy wizard in their place. Yeah, you don't need a wand to do your magic, but you also can't have one. You also can't. It's illegal for you to have one, in fact. So... (laughs) Every house should have its own little elf running around. Hmm. Hmm. They can help cook and clean and keep an eye on things while you're away. And if any dark wizards try sneaking around the area, having an elf there to hit them with a magic blast to scare them off would really come in handy. It's too bad us muggles can't find house elves as easily as wizards do. Uh, Mm. uh, (laughs) Really don't like this one. How is this the takeaway? How How is this the wider culture around this series? When people right exactly when people talk about how like oh Harry Potter taught me all about uh you know uh like being being good and being just and stuff I'm like yeah and the part of it, it seems to also be that it teaches people that slavery is good <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ just a lot of weird takes being like boy I wish I had an elf slave what boy, is that boy I wish I owned an elf yeah yikes. Uh, this licensed molded vinyl mask is highly detailed to look like the character does in the hit movies and features Dobby's 
wide-eyed expression, droopy ears, and wrinkled face. Your kids will having a blast pretending to be a mischievous elf and playing Harry Potter games with their friends. And you can add the matching Dobby hands accessory and cut some holes in an old pillowcase for them to wear to complete their Dobby look. Let's go to the hands. So for this Halloween, you want to dress up as a character from the um, uh, wonderful world of Harry Potter. That's awesome. Although there are so many amazing characters, how does one simply choose? Boy, a real-life sorting hat would sure come in handy. Hmm. Well, if you happen to be extremely loyal, super kind to children, and a very hard worker, then we think that being a house elf might be the perfect way for you to go. I think that's a very funny observation uh, that, like, Dobby is friendly to children. Because obviously he is, because when you think of it that way, it's like, well, the Harry and the group are all children when he's nice to them. But it frames it as, like, realizing that he's just, like, a weird adult man. <laughs> yeah, Dobby's, like, an adult. He drinks. He's just, like, a person. Yeah. Now then, you'll have to practice your groveling. And of course, refer yourself in the third person at all times. Oh, and you also might want to grab a pair of these Dobby hands, too. Nothing's better in helping you sell the fact that you're a helpful little elf than a pair of these realistic and officially <laughs> licensed hands. Oh, you're going to catch these hands. Officially licensed. Uh, you may also want to take some time to look at the other house of accessories we have to complete your magical tra- Oh, what other? Hold on. Do they have other elf accessories that I missed? Spew badge pin set, Dobby mask, Hedwig accessory, got the Dobby ears. The Wizarding World is full of lovable characters. There's the trio of young heroes, of course, but plenty of supporting characters get their time in the spotlight. There's the supportive, motherly, and fierce uh, Mrs. Weasley, and the stern but compassionate. Wait. Supportive, motherly. Okay, okay. Stern but compassionate Professor McGonagall. Even less likable characters like Argus Filch are described in such detail that when you reread the books, they feel like old friends. One of the franchise's most beloved sidekicks is Dobby, a house elf who is somehow both brave and fearful. Watching Dobby gain confidence and companionship is one of the great side plots of the series. Celebrate our favorite house elf by dressing up with a pair of Dobby ears. Dobby is known for his tennis ball-like green eyes, ragged pillowcase, and at least at first... Oh, at least at first, referring to the pillowcase, uh, and large, flappy ears. These ears are designed to look just like the ears in the movies. They sit on the end of a thin, simple headband, and they can be moved up or down the band so they perfectly cover your human ears. So, will you dress up as the poor Malfoy-owned version of Dobby, or will you throw on three <laughs> pairs of socks and a tea cozy as a free Dobby? <laughs> well, credit where credit is due. This person read the books, at least, and and, and knows that Dobby should be styling. Yeah, they know um, the lore. I just, just just the Malfoy owned version of Dobby is such a cursed phrase. <laughs> also, here's what the uh, the art is for the. Huh. There, there, there he is. There's Dobby. Yep. I'll make sure to post that later. Um, is this the Malfoy owned Dobby or that... the or the free Dobby with socks? Well, we can't see how many socks he's wearing there. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah. I'm going to guess for, well, cause he's wearing like an American apparel shirt and some jeans there. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like Dobby, Dobby maybe, you know, went on a little shopping spree, got himself a nice shirt. Good know. for him. Yeah. Good for him. God, what other Harry Potter costumes are there though? I would love to know how well, like Harry Potter, like, I mean, actually Halloween costume stuff in general curious about like obviously people were 
going to Halloween parties and stuff, but I wonder like what the what the like general uh like drop off for um right for this kind of thing was because it had to be huge, and yet there are still tons and tons of costumes being sold here. Um, Luna Lovegood. Where are the new for twenty twenty ones? Ah, a Newt Scamander. Brand new for 2020. Newt Scamander. Wonderful. But they're not doing the copy anymore for all of these. It's so sad. I can't imagine. Newt Scamander just is wearing normal clothes. Yeah, he's got like a blue pea coat. Yeah. And like pants. He's he's just he's just kind of a guy. Now you can dress up as the one and only author of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. That's the only that's the only copy for this one. It's not they're not their heart's not in it, I don't think. Mm-mm. which is a real shame because it was it, it's the you go back and read the old stuff and it's certainly something they, it's they, been a tough year <laughs> why nothing's going on oh yeah i forgot that's yeah nothing nothing is going on uh uh wow i clicked a bellatrix one mm-hmm. and they wrote a lot about her they were clearly into her as a character nice all right well um, I'm sorry to leave everyone on such a, a a cliffhanger with that incredible Halo story, but I think it's probably time for us to head to the close. What do you say? Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as their theme song. You can catch them on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have lots and lots of fun content there for you. We got movies. We got books. We got just random talking about bullshit. Uh, we talked about Call of Duty this week. Playing, playing Warzone. Enter, entered the Warzone this week. Um, and Liz, what are we reading next week? We're reading chapter 25. It is called Shell Cottage. I've skimmed ahead a little bit, and oh boy. I was sure that, like, you know, damn, this chapter was kind of boring, but at least, at least we're going to, like, do a heist next chapter. Alas, more politics and hanging out at the call at the cottage awaits us next week. Well, you can't have a heist without planning your heist first. That's true. We've got to plan a whole second heist this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, even if that sounds incredibly exciting to you, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a ride. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.